Hey, welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells, along with recurring guest host Kenny Cashman, who joins us once again. We'll start off by talking about the NBA playoffs, the first few days of games, Celtics with a big buzzer-beating victory over the Nets in Game 1, give our thoughts on that in addition to some of the other series, how they've started out, and of course we'll talk about the animal rights protesters in the Timberwolves games. From there, we'll talk about the USFL kickoff weekend as football is back, kind of. We have spring football, we'll give our thoughts on that, how excited we are, and we'll also discuss some of the new technology they'll be using this season, some of the new cameras, uh, first down measurements, and more. Finally, we'll conclude this episode by counting down films that deserve sequels or films that we wish have sequels in our top five. This is a topic that Brian and I have been discussing for a while, and we thought Kenny would be a great guest to discuss that one with. So with that, let's get started. Did you guys see that uh, viral TikTok of the like the the band playing guitar and singing some kind of religious song on an airplane this weekend? Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. I sure did, and I would agree with Kenny. I, I think a lot of the discourse around this is around the fact that it's like a religious song. I, I assume this was on Good Friday. Like that's the only explanation I can have for why they thought this was like an okay thing to do, like an appropriate time to praise Jesus 30,000 feet in the air. But when it comes down to it, I can't think of a single scenario where I would be happy if some random person got up, pulled a guitar out of the overhead bin and started playing a song with half of the flight singing along to them. Like that's that's never something where I'm like, you know what make this flight better if we just broke out into a giant sing along with like live music right now. How do you get that guitar <laughs> through a <laughs> Well, you can bring you can, you can check in an instrument. Yeah, I think the yeah. expectation is that you're not going to pull it out and start playing it. But you know, the, the flight attendants are like, "Well, there's nothing we can do here." Apparently, well, it's also like you're in a plane. Like that, sit down. That's not safe. There's nowhere for people to go either. It's yeah. not like you're in a public place. You're in a public place is like whatever. You can go go to another end of the park on a plane. There's only one place you can go, and you know maybe it's better than being up there. But and there's not a lot of space probably in not. planes people no oh no no i mean it sounds like like flying is inherently bad time you know like i like flying and landing in a new place i don't like the process of going to the airport going through tsa you know all the baggage check whatever 
waiting to board, getting on the plane, even if it's just I, like a two-hour flight from North Carolina to Boston. That's still, it still sucks. And the whole time, I'm like, I want to get where I want to be. And the one thing I can do to make it better is listen to my own podcast, listen to my own music, whatever I want to do. I say my own co- podcast. I don't mean he's done it. I mean another <laughs> person's podcast that I listen to. Uh, I don't need someone else providing music for me. Like It's just like a miserable experience, regardless of what the song is about. So, well, even, right. it had nothing to do with like the the content of the song, like the religion or anything. It's just don't do that. Don't don't play music on a plane for people who didn't ask for it. See, I'm with you guys, but I also factor in the content of the song. Uh, I went to Catholic school for nine years, <laughs> and I'm not exactly overly religious. I'm not an atheist, but I will say though, there are two moments in my life where I really thought atheism was not such a bad idea. One was the time where. Uh, I went to, it wasn't our senior year prom, it was the year after, and I went with someone else, and I remember when I went to the prom uh, to get pictures, me, Brian, and our dates, we went to find a parking spot, and when we got to the parking spot, there are these two old ladies, old Karens, that came up to me and said, hey, you can't park there, like, we have a Bible study to attend. I'm thinking to myself, God's everywhere, but you got to go see him here. And you can do a Bible study whenever you want. And this is like a once. Well, it's your prom. It's yeah, the only it's my time prom. you're it's supposed a, to have it. Once in a you only get two thing. proms when you're Brian. So. Humble, humble brag. I, went, I got to go multiple <laughs> times, but like this is technically a once in a lifetime thing. And you're, you're interrupting this because you need to talk to God for, for a few minutes. And I just so that was that, that drove me nuts. And then the second thing is watching this video. I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. You remember the, the video of the, the one dude? It's, you can't miss it. The one guy who's just depressed in the video. Yeah, in the I, blue shirt, like yeah, right yeah, in the front. Yeah. In the button up. Yeah, yep. millions of people can relate to that guy. Yeah. And it, I, some people have been pointing out that like, oh, it looks like his wife was enjoying it. So it's not like he could do anything. But you know, in his mind, he's like, I'm going to be like Bluto in Animal House, just grab this guy's guitar and just start smashing it against the airplane window. <laughs> uh, because like that, yeah, I mean, that that's a reasonable fantasy, but it's like, what am I really supposed to do in this situation? But yeah, I summoned about the pandemic and it seems like people just no longer know how to act on planes. And I think this is just the latest example of that. And um, I hope that I never end up in a spot where someone decides that they're going to provide music for me while I'm flying because... I never need that to happen. I don't care what it is. I don't care what song. I don't care if I love the song. If a random person brings out a guitar, it's never going to be a good time for me. I don't care if it's an actual musician that I like playing their own music. I don't want it. Go play it somewhere else. Go to do a show. I'll go to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cor, we did. We one time we did top five fears. I remember one of your fears was, I don't know if it was the landing or the taking off part, but it was one of those things. And I told um, you that. So heights is one of my fears, but we we actually were talking about um, Jeff Bezos going to space, and I was like, I have no interest to go to space because I hate flying on planes. I hate the taking off part. Okay, the taking off. Part. I don't want to put myself in that position in space, or it's even worse. But I think that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, and it's just I I hate flying, but it's not because I'm afraid to fly or take off or land or whatever. I just hate what you were talking about earlier the process of of going through tsa and there's always someone that just gets in the way someone that's yeah inconveniently 
inconveniently getting in the way. You're lucky if it's just one person. And then then this video comes up with uh, all those people, (laughs) uh, those Christian people singing. And Uh yeah, it's just, I I, I don't need that if I were on that flight. I just want to relax, listen to my music or podcast like you were saying, and, and and just wait until we land. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want on a flight. Not to be disturbed. Yeah. That's it. All right. So if you haven't figured out by now, we have Kenny Cashman back on as a guest uh, for, I don't know, the 10th time maybe at this point. Oh, I've stopped counting. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot. It's, it's always great to have you on. Uh, of course, you can listen to Kenny on his own podcast, The C-Team Show, and you can find him streaming on twitch grobo streams you've uh, been very active at this point like definitely are working on a set schedule with that one correct yeah thanks for having me back it's always uh, always a pleasure to be on yeah i actually have like recently started getting into twitch streaming but like not like a get a big audience necessarily it's a i created an mlb the show like red Sox team that has all of us as like characters on it and i'm like i should start streaming this and people can tune in and watch themselves fail miserably at a baseball video game if they want what Um, position does kenny play he's the backup catcher nice (laughs) yeah you think that's what you play shortstop you think that's what you play play catcher Uh, yeah i played catcher once i I developed back problems and broke my glasses so Yeah, I don't know. I played shortstop yeah, back a little in the day. Uh, long time You're the ago. starting shortstop on our team. Nice. I'm the starting third baseman because I had one game in like Cal Ripken rookie ball coach pitch where I made all six outs in the two inning game at third base, and after that, I decided I was a third baseman forever. So that's yeah, my I, position on, I w- on this. I team. was more of a center fielder and second baseman if I played in the infield, but I played a little short. I will say, if I'm playing any position, backup is accurate. Backup <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta spell the starting catcher. You can't catch every single day. Uh, but yeah, that's Twitch.tv/slash Carolina five zero nine six one. If you're listening to this, maybe you're on the team, or maybe you're at least in the league. Because I also went ahead and like all of the user like or uh, other teams like that are fake players that the game came up with i started to like turn some of them into other real life people so there's probably like 60 people at this point that i created on the game so th- there's a lot of us I've had did you trade people that. away or did you send I them did, to the minors yeah. <laughs> i i have traded people away i did i um i traded one of our friends starting pitcher when the to the rays they offered me wander franco and luis patino and i texted him i was like i can't say no to this like this is like the top prospect in baseball and uh one of their their best young pitchers so yeah he's gone and uh he he beat us on my first stream we lost 11 to 2 so not a not a great debut for that but um anyway let's kind of jump into this and uh i know kenny you're not a huge nba fan but the nba playoffs are certainly the biggest story in sports right now we do have other stuff that we're excited to get uh you know your your takes on but uh brian i know you are very happy with how things played out in game one of the Celtics Nets series. Uh, Celtics pull out a buzzer beater win. Kyrie Irving was the, the talk of this game with all of his antics in the crowd, you know, flipping people off. And he had a phenomenal fourth quarter, really brought the Nets back in. But in the end, the Celtics get the win up one nothing in the series. We know it's going to be a fight, but how are you feeling after that, that first game? Oh, I'm definitely thrilled, of course. Uh, how could I not be? The- the Celtics, they've had an amazing 
what two and a half months basically second half of the season yeah, since the since the trade deadline yeah. basically and you know, i think january 31st they're like 28 and 7 after starting 23 and 24 yeah they, they so. had a crazy win streak it was something like 15 of the last like 16 16 games or something there was like a stretch uh, uh-huh. back in like february and march where they were just beating everybody and it's been great i i'm definitely feeling great about the celtics right now the question was could they keep up this pace in more meaningful games heading into the postseason? And so far, they're off to a good start. I will say, though, it would have been a much different narrative if that layup does not go in and they end up losing that game. Because oh, for sure. We've seen the Celtics several times in, in countless years where they've had these leads and they end up blowing it and and all hell break, breaks loose and, and, and then they implode. But luckily... Even though they gave up a, that big lead that they had in the fourth quarter, they were still able to pull out with a win. And it was a great ending. It was a great all-around game, uh, start to finish. Yep. Fantastic it, game. I know, definitely better that the Celtics won uh, versus losing, but it's still a great basketball game. It was game. still a wildly entertaining game. And yep. yeah, the Celtics obviously were great, but another part of why it was such an entertaining game is because Kyrie Irving is enemy number one <laughs> for Celtics fans <laughs> uh-huh. and yours truly. Uh, I definitely have stated numerous times that I'm certainly not a fan, and I'm, I, I don't I don't want to say Kyrie is uh, a bad guy, but he might be the worst good person on earth. <laughs> that might be a yeah, little too I mean, strong, but... So there are a lot of reasons for Celtics fans to not be fans of Kyrie Irving. And I think like there's always been a big narrative in terms of how justified the Celtics fans' hatred is of Kyrie Irving. I think there are times where it almost feels like a little over the top, but when you're in a playoff environment like this, it totally makes sense you're going to get this. And I, I love that Kyrie dishes it back you know with him there there were all these times where he was like yelling at the crowd flipping them off really getting into it and he rose to the occasion he stepped up he he thrived in that so that's maybe part of me i was like maybe we should tone this down a little yeah, the crowd Kyrie's might is gonna respond like the, that the crowd might bother but, him personally but in terms of his on court uh stuff it it, it doesn't bother him there because he was if anything it made him better yeah it made him I mean, better and he was the best player on the court uh in that game and but at the same time, it's like, dude, flipping off <laughs> the crowd and and doing all these other antics is just low class for Kyrie. He, anytime he opens his mouth, he's contradicting himself. I, I remember after the, the the game versus the Cavs, the, the playing game, he he's asked about uh, like how how you're you're feeling about your chances and the, the playoffs, and then he's also fasting as well, and he's talking about. Like, yeah, it's a journey with God. I'm not alone in this. I have brothers and sisters all over around the world fasting with me. And we hold our prayers and our meditation uh, is very sacred and a bunch of other crap. And then he comes into Boston and he's like flipping off everybody and telling everyone to S my D. <laughs> not, yeah. I mean, so he's, he's Muslim, right? Like he was fasting for Ramadan. Yeah, for Ramadan. So, but it's still. Yeah, I mean, a, Still sounds anti-Muslim. I'm going to say it's anti-Christian, but it, it's anti-religion, sure, with a, a lot of that. And I know contradicting himself has, has definitely been a, a thing he's done a lot in uh, recent years. Um, Kenny, I'm, I'm curious like what your perspective is on the whole Kyrie Irving Celtics drama. Someone who doesn't totally follow the NBA, like not the biggest Celtics fan. 
I mean, like, yeah, I, I, if I have a team, it's the Celtics. And I, it's basketball. Basketball is a sport that I have. I think I would enjoy it. I just don't, I haven't gotten into it. Um, and so I don't really know what's going on. Uh, Kyrie Irving used to play for the Celtics, right? Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, okay. that's a big okay. part of the, the it's issue. A, that's part it's of, a big part okay. of the reason uh, why people here hate him. And he he, right. he would even he even said that he would sign back with Boston, but then all of a sudden that did not happen. Yeah, See, I mean, all I really know is that Brian doesn't like him, and now I'm hearing about him flipping people off. He sounds kind of mean. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. So like the the whole situation with him leaving the Celtics is one where it's like I think a lot of people are upset with how it played out. Where like before the 2018-19 season, Celtics had just come off uh, making the Eastern Conference Finals. They took LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers to seven games. Everyone's feeling great. They have this young core with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. The talent Rozier. they had and there's this that idea season was good enough adding to Adding Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, who were injured and didn't play in the playoffs. It's like, this is going to be a championship team. And they have this whole big like event at the Garden where Kyrie grabs the microphone and says... I'll be back if you'll have me. And it was like basically this commitment to re-sign with the team at the end of the season. And then the season plays out. Nothing goes as planned. The team's nowhere near meeting expectations. Uh, There's Kyrie and KD videos of them, you know, scheming, plotting, whatever, to team up in the offseason since they're both free agents. That was at the All-Star game. And then the playoffs come. Celtics sweep the Pacers, but then they play the Bucs and they lose four in a row. Kyrie's horrible the whole series and when the celtics lost i was like good i'm put this team out of their misery get rid of Kyrie. try to do something different because this team was not fun at all no it was it was awful to watch and yeah i was feeling the same way i was all about the trade when it happened but by the yeah i got to the end of the year i'm like please go away (laughs) uh (laughs) i don't care if the team is worse with without you like i i knew deep down that they would be worse for a bit uh, without him but i was like just just go i don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore and i i yeah. hated that when Kyrie uh, before game one he was asked about like what's it going to be like uh playing and uh at the td garden again in a playoff environment and he he talked about how he hopes he can just move on with the boston era and hope he can reflect on some of the highlights he left at the td garden what highlights you 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 were out yeah. for the season year one and you got a nose job to work on your movie which was awful by the way and then the next year I yeah there's all uncle this drew i thought it was kind of good i, hey, I wait, uncle drew is awful and uncle drew uncle drew no i don't know it and then and then it's like his... a okay. rucker park basketball blacktop type thing okay okay yeah and, and then his second anyway, year yeah. his last year with boston he ends up having all these antics where he's throwing the young guys under the bus and he's like, Oh, I got, I had to call Braun and tell him I was sorry. You know, these young guys don't get it. And, and then, yeah, he, he's a no, complete no show in the playoffs, especially against Milwaukee losing, like you said, four straight. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then that's a huge part of why he's hated here, but it's also just, just anytime he talks, it's, he's insufferable to listen to. <laughs> Well, there are a lot of reasons for non-Celtics fans to not be fans of Kyrie Irving, especially with the way this season played out with uh, all the vaccine stuff. Like he's definitely gonna just naturally create enemies when you take a stance like that. But yeah, I think a lot of it's just like this personality that is like bigger than basketball, and you know the the Celtics aspect just makes it even worse. So 
Um, at this point, I mean, depending on the series. But with that being what? said, though, I yeah, yeah, I hate Kyrie, but at the same time, this is what makes this series great. Is that there's real? Oh yeah, absolutely. Hatred. I love like I love that. Like I said, like I love that Kyrie is like feeding the crowd, and that you have this going on. I and mean, this is like a super entertaining series, regardless, because you have two really good basketball teams. Like the Nets are obviously way better than an actual seven seed in terms of on paper talent. Uh, and yeah, just adding to that, like having like a rivalry, like having teams and players and fans that seem to like actually hate each other. It's it's fun. It's exciting. It's Boston, New York. You know. Yeah, I I love, I, I love the series with the Red Sox and Yankees in 04 when A Rod was there and like there was real hatred there and and then there was some Bruins series with Montreal and Toronto in the past that there's real hatred there as well. I lo- I love when there are series like that where that where it's two teams going six or seven games and the fan base is legitimately hating each other and the and the players on the ice or the court or whatever mm-hmm. or the field yeah it's not even just rooting for your team to win it's rooting against the other team rooting for them to lose so Corey, you brought up that they're a seven seed uh mm-hmm. and and I, I wanted to talk about this because as we've said i'm not i don't really follow basketball so i'm not really aware but is it not concerning that the celtics a two seed barely squeaked by with a win against a seven seed like you guys are like oh this is this was a great game this is great for the celtics but is that not no it's gonna be if you think it's gonna be a four or five game series you're 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 wrong the nets were (laughs) the nba champion favorites heading into the season things didn't go as well they had a lot of factors Kyrie irving didn't play he didn't like play any home games. games because he's not vaccinated. He couldn't play home games because of the vaccine mandate. He didn't even play any games until like oh, December. I didn't know that. Road I don't games. like him. I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. They they had another guy, James Harden, who they, they traded. And like the, the biggest piece they got back, Ben Simmons from the Sixers, hasn't played at all for them. So they're a team where it's like if everyone comes together, they should be one of the best teams in basketball. They just never had the full roster all season. So it's, it's still tough don't. to judge them. No, they okay. still don't. I mean, they're they're a seven seed, but they're like a really good seven seed. Like they're a team okay. that it's like this team could go on a run to the finals. Yeah, pe- people <laughs> know yes, that even though their record is two seven. Yeah, even though they're right, would right. be bad. Yeah, even though they're a seven seed, it doesn't reflect like how good they can really be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it was a huge win game one, especially like you said, after blowing that lead, um, 13 points in the fourth quarter, it's, it would be a tough loss. So yeah, even though they won that Celtics game, I'm not feeling super confident now I'm picking the Celtics to win the series, but I'm not feeling great about it. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Brooklyn wins game two and Kevin Durant ends up, he, you know, he had a slump in game one. He was terrible in game one, but. It wouldn't be surprising whatsoever he can always if he, step up if and he take over. completely changes that narrative and he goes mm-hmm. off in game two and they win. I, it, it's going to be a back and forth series and it, it should go at least six games and probably seven. Yeah, and the, I mean, that was my expectation going in. And, you know, the fact that game one was a one point game definitely makes me think that Brooklyn's going to they're going to get a couple wins here and it's going to it's going to be an exciting series. It's going to come down to the end and. Um, definitely like that the Celtics have home court advantage because I think that Boston crowd uh, definitely plays a plays a big role in this series. So it plays a big role, but when Kyrie is going off for thirty nine points, I know, yeah, when he's going off anyway, maybe it's not not like I said, maybe it's not the best thing, but it, it just um, would have been a, a it would have been massive if they lost that game because yes, Kevin Durant didn't really play well loss. and they only lost by one. And mm-hmm. I don't expect him to play that bad 
like the rest of the series, I'd imagine he'll he'll have much better games than he did in game one. So another team that lost a game one that they probably should have won and they, they could have had a chance and this could have a, actually it will have a big impact on the Celtics moving forward. If they win the Chicago bulls, they had a good shot beat Milwaukee and uh, the Bucks sucked, but the bulls, big three, Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, I think we're like 19 for 70 from the floor, just atrocious shooting numbers. And Milwaukee ended up pulling out game one. Um, Got to think that they're going to just, they're going to turn it around and, this uh, series is only a matter of time before the Bucs are the, the Celtics of the Nets, the next opponent. Yeah, no offense, but this series is a waste of time. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's inevitable that the Bulls are going to lose. Yeah, I know. They got off to that great start and everything just fell apart. It's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, so I don't know if we officially said it, but I think going into the playoffs, we both felt like the Bucs were the team in the East that we had the most yeah, confidence I'm, like, in. I'm, so if I'm picking the Bucs, but it's just because like I don't know, I picked them earlier and I just want to stick with it. But, yeah. And they and they don't have to worry about both Brooklyn and Boston. They just only have to it's worry about one, one of the them, other. Which is, it's uh-huh. it's good that they have a pretty easy matchup in the first round. Yep. Yeah, no, get they should have a lot of rest uh, compared to the Celtics and Nets if that series does in fact go six or seven like we expect. Right. How are you feeling about your uh, Raptors? Upset oh yeah, pick over I'm feeling great about that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, I figured I was going to be wrong. I know the Sixers rightfully should be favored, but geez, I didn't know it'd be this bad. <laughs> I didn't yeah, think it'd be it... two twenty point blowouts. Yeah, so yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Whatever. Toronto has fallen behind 0-2 in series, gone home and, you know, changed the the tide of the series multiple times in the past. So I don't know that you can totally give up on them, but it's it's It wasn't not even competitive. Right no, the first not game. at and, all. In game one, it wasn't even because of Harden or Embiid. It was because of guys like Maxi. Maxi. Yeah. 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 I know. And then the, the free throw discrepancy definitely showed in game two with, you know, Embiid just constantly being fouled by Toronto. Um, shifting into the West. So I guess rewinding a little to the play in tournament. So I have put myself through an unnecessary amount of pain as a New Orleans Pelicans fan. There's no reason for me to be a fan of this team, but year after year, they find ways to just make me feel bad because they, they're never good. So the fact that in the play in game, they, go up to this big lead and then just go on like a two to 25 scoring run for the Clippers, but then still were able to pull it out. Like I thought that was awesome. I'm so happy that the Pelicans are in the playoffs right now. And I, I feel really good about this team's future, depending on how everything plays out with Zion Williamson. That's a big, big, uh, if, you know, is he going to play or if he gets traded, you know, how does that work out for the Pelicans? But right now I'm feeling okay about this team though. They don't have a shot against the Suns, uh, and I I think that at game one, uh, you know Phoenix pulled out to a huge lead. New Orleans started to get back into it, and then Chris Paul, point God, just took over in the fourth quarter. And um, Suns to me still feel like they're the the team to beat in the Western Conference right now. One negative thing about the NBA is that there are several playoff series that are just a giant waste of time in the first round. You really just want to fast <laughs> forward to the next round or uh-huh. the round after that, and this is one of the series as well where it's just, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's go to the next round and see who their opponent is because the Pelicans don't have a shot either. 
Yeah, the one the one thing the Pelicans have going for them, at least game two tonight, is Scott Foster is officiating. Oh, in the oh game. yeah, then you definitely have a shot. Then you, you know how <laughs> I feel about Scott Foster. Like he Chris should... Paul is one in twelve in his last thirteen games, <laughs> where Scott Foster's a ref. So wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely have an issue with each other. It, it is crazy to think that he could have that poor of a record with him as a ref. Um, so that's the one saving grace the Pelicans have, but. Uh, definitely expect Phoenix to move on there, but as much as I still am confident and as as much as I still think that, like the Suns, like my pre not preseason, my like heading into the playoff pick to make it out of the West, Golden State through two games looks like they they could potentially be back uh, when when they have now a third Splash Brother in Jordan Poole. This is uh, back to a scary team. Oh yeah, they they look unstoppable, but. It is just one series. Maybe Denver's just not as good as people think. I mean, I, I love Jokic, but at the same time, it's just him. It's just him, and, and they still don't have Murray. And yeah, they don't really have much of a great team uh, outside of those two guys. And and then yeah, the Warriors. Michael look Porter like Jr. is also hurt. So and, and the Warriors look like they're coming back to form. And Steph is not even starting. <laughs> He's coming off the no, bench. I know. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I I do like watching the Warriors play basketball, and especially now that they don't have Kevin Durant, and like they had a couple years where they missed the playoffs. It feels like they can go back to being like a a team that is easy to root for. Yeah, like I don't, I didn't like, like them. This, this villain. I just didn't like them during the Durant era. That's it. Like that's the only problem I had with them, and it ruined a few years of the NBA. But mm-hmm. I'll, take out the Durant part or the Durant factor, I I'm totally fine with the. Warriors like I don't have any yeah. I like I like all three of those guys of their core I'm guys. such a huge fan of Seth Curry so seeing him healthy and and knocking down threes in the playoffs is is a lot of fun um so and then one final series that I want to tackle here the Memphis Minnesota series so the Timberwolves pull off a an upset in game one go into Memphis uh big win so I know you were telling me that you're um, thinking that Minnesota can pull out this series. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's more of a, it's a more even matchup than people realize. I think Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are both great star players, and I just think Memphis is, it's more of a, a anti-Memphis thing than a pro-Minnesota thing. It's just, I think Memphis's record is. So we talked about Brooklyn being a seven seed. I think all of us think we they're they're better than a seven seed, but I think Memphis is not as great of a two seed as others. others. I think it's easy to kind of overlook the Grizzlies just because they've never been this high of a seed. Like they've never been more than just like a pesky team that, you know, maybe puts up a little threat in the first round. Um, John Morant is a big, big key here. If he can take over, if he can play, you know, rise to the occasion in his first playoff. uh, Well, I guess he was in the playoffs last year, but like in this moment, um, you know, be that superstar player he's capable of being, then I think Memphis is a legitimate threat in the Western Conference, but, you know, definitely not a good start in game one. So we'll see what happens for them in game two. Uh, But I'm not just excited about what's going to happen within the basketball court, but I'm excited to see what happens just outside of it because the Timberwolves have had uh, a lot of reasons to be in the news with their games lately. As back-to-back games, there has been a protester who has made their way onto the court in their playing win over the Clippers. Someone tried to glue themselves to the court. And then in game one in Memphis, uh, someone 
tried to chain themselves to the basket. And uh, both of these individuals, known as you know, Glue Lady and Chain Lady, were wearing Glenn Taylor Roast Animals Alive t-shirts. Now, Glenn Taylor is the current slash former owner of the Timberwolves. I think he's still involved with the team, but he sold them to A-Rod and uh, you know others about a year ago. He's still involved, and apparently he has some kind of chicken farm in Minnesota or in Iowa where a bunch of chickens had a bird flu outbreak, so he just had like a mass killing of them to prevent the bird flu from spreading. And, you know, naturally killing animals is going to have animal, you know, rights support groups up in arms, and we're seeing this happen with the protesters. So, Kenny, I'm actually, like, really curious to hear your thoughts on this one because you're a vegetarian. I know you're not a vegan because you eat pizza three meals a day. But Oh, my God, so much pizza. How much of it is, like, based on, like, animals versus, you know, other factors? Um, So it's, like, honestly, it's, it's mostly based on animals, but it's not in the kind of traditional way. Um. I, I do think it's terrible how animals are treated, uh, you know, prior to being slaughtered and, and uh, cooked for food. But um, it really just came down to me when I would eat meat, if I were reminded that it was an animal, uh, something that used to be alive, it would really freak me out. Like if I was eating chicken and I got a tendon, I'd have to stop eating. Um, and I just figured I'd just stop overall and uh, not have to deal with that because I didn't like the thought of it. And I just have uh, have been vegetarian since. But so it, it's about the animals, but like I'm not about to glue myself to anything, you know, <laughs> like it also I, I just if you have an issue with with the the meat industry, I understand that from, from the sounds of it, th- th- these chickens being killed kind of made sense. So I understand right? if you have a problem with this if you have a problem with all of it overall, then sure you can have a problem with this, but like, is this the right thing to be targeting? I feel like this actually kind of made sense and like, sure you can be upset with the bigger picture, but it's, it's pretty crazy to like to zero in on this one thing, I think. Yeah. And I get the idea of like the whole, like, uh, you know, farming industry and some of the issues with it, but it does seem like a case where it's like these chickens were going to die. Like the, the worst case scenario is keeping them alive and the, the bird flu spreads to, other chickens and right, becomes like yeah. an even bigger issue so I, I don't understand like why this is like a big enough deal that we're gonna spend thousands of dollars on courtside seats and you know get on the court you know tie ourselves to a basket try to glue ourselves to the court which had no chance of ever actually working like it just feels like it's a lot of lot of money a lot of resources being used on a cause that i don't know that I, I understand, like, even from a animal rights perspective, like, this seems like a fairly sh- straightforward, uh, you know, okay thing. Right. And like, I'm, I'm all for protests, like, like, do, do these things to speak your mind. I'm all for it. Like, if you're going to interrupt a basketball game, because you have a point to make, I I'm cool with that. But I, I think this is a bit silly. I don't think that you, I don't know if they like didn't know what was going on, or, or if they just, I don't know. They heard they chickens seem died. And yeah, yeah. like, like, chick chickens chickens did die chickens are dying all the time i i i think there are bigger issues to to tackle than than trying to stop avian flu from spreading i don't know 
Also, yeah. she didn't even like. She didn't even successfully. Neither of them were successful. Oh, neither of them were successful at all. I think the chain. They at least had to like cut it off. But like the glue right. was like the, that, the that was glue never... was just it left a handprint on the yeah. floor. <laughs> Why a basketball yeah. game? Like just because he's the you know the owner, former owner, whatever you want to call him of the team. Because mm-hmm. there, it's Glenn Taylor. Right. I don't know. I, I, I guess it's. So I guess so. One thing about the Timberwolves is they have never had playoff success like they never even made the playoffs like this is only their second time in the last what 18 years so this is a moment where it makes sense and both of them are playing they're on both both times they made the playoffs they were play-ins right no because they made it in 2018 where they got in as an eight seed yeah as in a play-in there wasn't a plan back then Playing tournament didn't exist yeah but I, i swore there was like a tie they beat the nuggets in game 82 but it wasn't. A, it oh, was just okay. a coincidence that the two of them were facing each other. Oh, and, like, okay. Winner got That's probably what I remember then, because I swore there was like some sort of tiebreaker or whatever, or like something yeah. at the very end. Okay. It wasn't like an extra game okay. that they played. But yeah, I mean that. That's why. Like, I, I get it. You want to bring attention. It's it's the same concept of like kneeling during the national anthem. Like that's a time where people are going to notice it, and it's going to bring more attention outside of you know like on your own time, whatever. Um, like right. I, I get it from that perspective. Um, it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how creative they can get. Like, what's our prediction for, for the protester in, in tonight's game? What are they going to do to see if they can, uh, you know, actually cause a, cause a scene that lasts a while? Glue themselves to a chain. Glue themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do both at the same time. Yeah, I, I don't know what's, what's up next. Like, I don't know what they could possibly uh, do that would be more successful. Thing. Like, how did they even get a chain into security like get in get into the arena like it's just memphis they just don't care it could have been a plastic chain i didn't i couldn't tell if it was metal i I have no idea i thought it was metal metal, but it might not have been um yeah i don't know they might just not care in memphis though (laughs) i I think it's kind of lawless down there i'm still thinking about the glue one that must have hurt (laughs) getting i don't think it did because it didn't even she didn't stick i don't think i mean no yeah it wasn't even like it was like arts and craft glue it wasn't like wood glue or gorilla glue or anything that would have like actually had an effect like Like somebody would have left her skin behind for art class it wasn't even like the gorilla glue no she would have had to like sit there for like an hour for anything to even possibly happen that that was never gonna happen <laughs> there are like so many better ways she did even tape could have maybe been like slightly more successful but yeah th- that was a that was a wild choice in her part so uh i guess like one thing going back to the whole like vegetarian commentary and talking about eating chicken and stuff i know a lot of people who do not eat beef or pork very rarely at least because they're like oh like i don't like the the way animals are treated all this stuff but they have no problem eating chicken because they just don't care about chickens. <laughs> that I mean, that's crazy. Like that's I don't I don't get that. Even like even pescatarianism, like like do what you want, but I don't I can't wrap my head around it. Of like, oh, I don't want to eat land animals, but fish, that's fine. Like, all right, if you insist, but it, they're still I don't know they're still alive and you're killing them and eating them. I I think it it really comes down to the animal. I mean, I I don't know. I personally have way more respect for cows and pigs than I do for chicken. Like I'm still going to eat most meats, but yeah, chicken, yeah, they're a nervous bird. Like I don't know. They're not a they're not at the top of my priority in terms of animals that I feel bad about eating. And fish is kind of similar. Like I, I was looking through PETA's Twitter to see if they had any commentary on the whole Glenn Taylor stuff. I didn't really see anything there. 
but they were really hyping up crabs and like the mistreatment of crabs and i'm just like <laughs> I mean, crabs really and i'm just, i uh i remember uh in uh, bachelor in paradise when david spade was a host like they there's so many crabs there and he made a comment it was like crabs are just spiders with good pr and like that's just always gonna stick oh, with me i now. hate crabs yeah they're they're any any crustacean is just a water bug and i don't yeah right it's just all. like it's a giant insect is like but i'm one, not gonna i still i'm not gonna eat them I, I don't want i don't i mean i'm not gonna be a spider either but i don't you kill know. spiders, so oh, I I obliterate spiders. <laughs> uh, not, I, uh, not even don't even get me started on centipedes. Those things don't stand a chance around me. Do you deal uh, with centipedes a lot? Oh yeah, I got bad really? centipedes in my apartment. Oh yeah, oh, it's wow. bad. Oh huh. yeah, I wouldn't expect that. I didn't realize that centipedes were a big problem in the Boston area. Yeah, specifically in Brighton, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of centipedes. So I gotta huh. watch out, but. Yeah. Only one has ever escaped my clutches. I've killed all the other ones. <laughs> How did it escape? Uh, it, it, I couldn't get my, my killing implements fast enough. Mm. And then when I went back, it was gone. It was gone, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know. That's definitely happened to me before when I get like these like little like roaches and stuff in my apartment. Yeah, um, Occasionally, I'll get legit cockroaches, and that's the worst. I hate Yeah, I haven't had to deal with that yet. But yeah. I've, I've talked in the past about moving to New York, and if I ever did that, I think I would have to deal with cockroaches. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. No, I definitely have to deal with them here in North Carolina. But yeah, I don't want to eat any of those bugs. I don't want to eat any of the bugs in the water. I don't want to eat any of the animals. Period. Um, but uh, I, I, I think I heard. I don't know. This number is probably not right, but I think I heard that like something like ninety percent of the meat eaten is chicken, and it's like cows are Kinda sacred in sense. some places. So yeah. like not cow is less universal. I'm not sure about same pigs. With, same with pork, yeah. I mean is, Jewish, oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Some religions don't eat pork. So uh, I think that's part of why um chicken's just the default. Chicken, like chicken's the like the one. default. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not allowed but to like, eat meat on Good Friday and I basically do it every yep. year. <laughs> well it's funny to me though because chicken chicken is kind of the one that pushed me to vegetarianism because it's the one that would remind me most often that it was an animal. It was the one you easy to see blood and stuff. He, and yeah. like yeah, and like you get tendons and stuff. And yeah. and I I was because I would eat like my dad's made bison burgers before and I had a I had a hard time with those because I don't think of bison as anim as a food rather. I think of it as an animal. Whereas like cow cow beef, it's like, oh, it's beef. It's not yeah, it's just food. It used to be an animal, but now it's food. Um, but yeah, I, I, people, people love chicken, I guess. People really like chicken. I'm definitely a fan. <laughs> yeah. Like if any of the meats, prefer, like that's probably the one I eat the uh, most. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it, it feels the healthiest too, especially nice, all natural white meat chicken. I will say though, that's, when it comes to, I'm not a huge, uh, wing fan. So the one, uh, exception is Smoky Bones, the bar, Casey barbecue. <laughs> we go to the wing only night. place you'll eat wings. Yeah. Or like. The the ones that have bones in them, it's like the yeah. one exception. I'm not joking. Like anything. oh, like you prefer? Okay, you just don't like bone in chicken. Is what yeah, you're like the bone. Like, you prefer boneless. Yeah, and like I I, like I want bone tenders and stuff. Yeah, like tenders or nuggets or boneless. I'm not a wing guy, but like the Casey barbecue wings at Smoky Bones were like the one exception for me. I love wings. I'm, I'm a yeah, big I'm, chicken I'm wing a, fan. That's another reason why I couldn't just give up chicken. To show you how good those <laughs> wings are, it's like I'm not a wing person, but like that. Uh, specific one was incredible yeah i've, I've definitely had better wings than smoky bones and, and i've, I've been I, i've gotten sick a couple times from from the wings. smoky bones wings yeah like only but like a, a couple <laughs> times out of like the dozens of times he went like it, it didn't happen often okay. but like at the same time it's like not enough that you would hate them yeah like i i still 
I'd still go though, cause, like just because they were so, okay. so great and it was such a great deal. Yeah. No, there was a a bar like when I first moved to Raleigh. There was a bar like right across the street from my apartment that did fifty cent wig nights on Wednesday, and we went literally every single Wednesday. And then finally, there was one night where I guess there was like a bunch of college kids who were just like over the top crazy, like nightmare for them to deal with. So they raised the price to 75 cents a wing. So we were like, all right, let's not go here every week anymore. Let's try other things. But I definitely put on a lot of weight in my first few months uh, in post-grad life off those uh, 50 cent chicken wings every week. So... All right, with that, let's uh, let's move on to our next topic here, and let's talk some football. Football is back. You guys excited? We got a uh, USFL spring football. <sighs> I wish I were excited. Uh, I want to be excited, but no, no, I'm not. Who are, who are these people? I don't. Who who the who players? These, yeah, who are these kids running around? Just guys who aren't good enough to make the NFL, but good enough to be somewhat professional football players. All right, so I, I I tried to look into this a little bit, but I did get a little bit confused in my research. What's the difference between this and the XFL? What is two what's different going leagues? On there? Two different leagues. Entirely two different. different. Is the XFL coming back next year? Because the didn't didn't Dwayne Johnson the Rock yep. buy the 2023. XFL? Yes, the Rock. Okay. Did. Yes. I'll watch that because I love Dwayne Johnson, but this. Uh, I just love that the first guess question Kenny asks is, "Who are these kids running around?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so I remember. I remember talking about like the AAF and the XFL when they came out in 2020, 2019, the AAF. And they started literally the week after the Super Bowl. And I was like, right. It's too soon. We need a break. Like we just went through an entire NFL season. People should focus on other sports. And then after a little while, oh, like in April, everyone's be excited for this spring football league to come back. That'd be the perfect time to start. That's what the USFL did. And I'm still like, I, I I don't care. I, I got to disagree. I think that February to April is the time because like now it's like, I don't need this. The draft is coming up like football's football's like, like, I mean, football kind of goes year round in a sense, but it's like, okay, we had our break after the Super Bowl. Now the draft is coming up. Whereas for me, after the Super Bowl, it's kind of like, like post Super Bowl blues of like, ah, oh, there's no football to me. Like I was more excited for the XFL, uh, Whereas the USFL, I didn't even know what was happening. And then I was like, oh, it, it already happened. I guess I'll watch some some highlights here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I actually gave an honest effort into watching some of the USFL. So I didn't watch it on Easter, really. And then there was a game uh, yesterday as well because uh, there were rain delays. And so the, one of the games was postponed to Monday. Oh, that makes sense. I was wondering why there was a game on Monday. Yeah, and so I barely watched any of those games, but I... I watched the first game and it was between the Birmingham Stallions and the Jersey Generals. And there were plenty of fans in the crowd for that game, but that was the one game that there were fans. Like outside of that, like there was like no one in the stands for the other three games. Well, all the games are being held in Birmingham too. So it kind of makes sense that they'd have like the biggest fan. I guess that's part of it, but I I watched, I watched enough of that first game where it was like the the product. I, I know the, I know they're not like, like we said that they're not good enough to be in the NFL they're gonna to have to play some sort of semi-pro league but i gotta tell you that the play was awful <laughs> it was so bad the the pass rates were absurdly low the birmingham they had the highest pass rating uh, or pass rate uh of anyone in the league at 57 percent, and new jersey was at 36 percent. and they there was one time in the game where they ran 24 times in a row 
which is just so really it's just so bad that's, that's <laughs> like, like that's, an army that's like patriots game. bills kind of thing and like the yeah right? the weather oh, yeah. like that's that's so uh-huh. bad I, I know it's they're not supposed to be that great but like 24 times in a row but I did watch, like I said, I watched that game in Birmingham. The Stallions, th- their run defense sucked in that game. And so the product is was not great. And then I guess other things to talk about besides the the play on the field. like So there were things that I noticed where there were a lot of mic'd up players and coaches. And yeah, I, and that's, I, that's one thing I heard they're doing a lot I of. I found that to be really annoying because like I would hear the announcers, and it's, it's Chris Collinsworth's kid and Jason Garrett. And and then yeah, as, how do you feel the, about Jason Garrett? Yeah, like Jason Garrett, even when the NFL's not on, I'm still gonna crap on him. <laughs> he was he was very bland in the booth. And then uh, even when they're talking, like y- you can't really hear him because there were times where you would hear the coaches and the players mic'd up and and talking about plays, and it's like it's it's too distracting or it's too annoying. And you know, another thing is like I didn't know any of the players, which I know is not we're not really supposed to know like a handful of maybe you recognize. I really knew one player and it was Isaiah Uh, Zuber and he was on the Houston gamblers. And the only reason I know him is because he played for the Patriots for a few games. And I'm pretty sure Paxton Lynch is one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. And and apparently he sucked too. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, not surprising. Yeah. So Isaiah Zuber was the only guy I knew, but he actually, the only reason I know is because he made some plays with the Patriots. And I'm sure Nikhil Harry will be joining him at some point too. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, most of it, I didn't care for it all. Like I said, the product, the mic'd up players, they have the, these helmet cams. And yeah, ugh, I and saw the helmet cam. I've, so I, I didn't, I didn't care for it. The, the helmet cams, like, you know, whenever you're watching uh, someone else playing a video game, like a first person shooting uh-huh. game, and they're like doing all these things or they're like running around, they're shooting and they're doing all these crazy things. And the person with the controller, is not going to be dizzy because they know where they're going to go. But the person watching is going to feel dizzy from like all the moving on the screen. And that's how I feel watching the helmet cam. Uh, <laughs> so was the helmet cam like during the play yeah. or was it just used for replays? No, so like it was, during it was the used play. for replays. It was used for replays. Uh, replays. Okay. So but still, I mean, used for I did see like a handful it was used of for videos. Replays, I'm like, what is the value of this? The kickoffs. I don't know if you noticed the kickoff. They use a drone. Or the drone. Yeah. That was used during the play. Uh, they would actually show that really? angle during the yeah, yeah during the kickoff. They would actually show that angle though. during live kickoff. I yeah. only saw it during kickoffs. Right? Yeah, it was during kickoffs, kickoffs and field goals. Yeah, yeah and okay. honestly, that's another thing where it's like I'd rather just see the whole field. I'd rather see yeah, all the players. Right? I think I think that the the drones and the helmet cams they're really fun ideas. Like helmet cam, I love I love like like when things switch to first person in like a movie or something when it's done well, but it's a movie when there's like a crew that's making it look good. This is just like, we slapped a camera on his helmet and like, Oh, he's looking down at the ground. You're just seeing the ground. Like, it's not a good shot. Uh-huh. I, I, I want to like it, but I don't. Yeah, maybe, and then like, the, maybe the idea at first, like, Hey, this would be a cool concept. It sounds cool. But, but when, yeah, you when see I see it, it's not good. No. When I first heard about the drone on the kicking, I was like, Oh, that's a cool concept. And then I watched a video. I was yeah. like, what do I gain from this? Watching an right. extra point on a camera? Like really? The- well, and they're like, they're, they're really loud and they were annoying. And like, they would just like, I mean, it makes sense because it's probably people controlling them. It would just fly by a player and then have to like turn around. And like, if they had some kind of AI or if it's, it is AI, then better AI that would like be able to follow the ball or something. I think there might be something there, but not yet. It's where mm-hmm. I don't think the technology is quite ready for it to be good. If it ever would be. Um, I just, I think that it's like 
I feel like it's these ideas that are like, it sounds cool when you hear it. And so they, they threw it in and it's like, actually this, this was, it just sounded cool. Exactly. It's not actually good. It, it, it sounds cool when you hear about it first, but then when you actually see what it, the yeah, result is, it it's, it's not a good idea. And, and yeah, that's another thing I didn't like about the, the, the debut of the USFL is that I didn't like that. And then one thing I did like, uh, I, I didn't see it, but I saw clips of on YouTube, like from other games was they have like these Wimbledon tennis like measurements. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah, one thing the I'm first out. That's yes. the one thing I'm all about. I mean, finally, I don't understand <laughs> why 20, that hasn't been. We're well into the 21st in the century. And we're still using those giant yeah. orange things to measure. Of it is. I know it's crazy that we're still using chains. That is the one thing like the, the camera audio stuff. Like I don't want the nfl to get that but it makes yeah. perfect sense to put a chip in a ball to be able to measure first outs like it's insane that it's just being implemented and it's not even in the nfl right, i will say I the the graphic they show looks really silly but i don't really care that's <laughs> uh, fine like yeah. it can look silly just just do the just do the job that for some reason we've been using like human error and chains to do i'm sure it won't be change on the basketball for years, sure it won't be perfect it because really well. in tennis when the ball hits the whatever part of the the ground like there's nothing covering it like you know how when you try to right when, you, when you're reaching with the ball to get the first down like there are a bunch of bodies in the way and so you don't exactly know where the ball is but for tennis like you do and they can go quick to the replay and see where it landed but so it's not gonna be perfect but i don't care right and like <laughs> and it's not it's not about like the ball hitting the ground it's about like oh if their knee touched but you can if you can look on the camera and be like okay his knee touched it this second where was the ball at this second then like that works yeah i mean i i would think that there's ways to have like the spot of the football also be monitored based on the chip not just like the first down line right in terms of like the spot on the field i don't know exactly how that would work maybe i'm thinking of it too too technology we need not chips in everything grass, we need but... chips in the knees and the elbows and the feet and the hands of everyone yeah, just all players have yeah everyone needs to be chipped everywhere. up i mean yeah. we're already getting the covid vaccine so you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, True, that was yeah. the one thing i was all about uh, or one thing i loved uh from the USFL was the the tennis like measurements. Yeah, I, I, every, I hope that, that carries every, over. I, yeah, other than that, I hated everything. And I guess in terms of rule changes or rule differences from USFL and NFL, is I noticed. Yeah. That, so what else is there? I, I, there, there are a bunch nine of things point, I'm gonna miss. You can but, have a nine point touchdown. Is that just you? Can so go for three? you can go for three. This is the one I was gonna bring up. You Wait, can go for what? You can go for three. <laughs> I think the XFL did that as well. From the ten yard line, I think it. If I remember correctly, is that yeah, you can go for interesting three from the okay. ten line. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't what, going for two from the two yard line, three from the time. I don't really have a strong take of if I love or hate that. I guess it's interesting. I guess I mostly hate it. I mean, to pick one side. It'll look at look at the NBA. It'll just be all three pointers if they do that in the <laughs> NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ten getting ten yards to the end zone is not easy. I mean, even two point conversions are only fifty percent. So I think it would be interesting to do that. Just makes it games are slightly more competitive nine point is one possession instead of eight but um it feels a little too gimmicky at this time it's like yeah like i don't hate it but the the scoring of football is already so funky and i think it works that i don't really think scoring is something they need to touch i think yeah, it, I, 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 agree like, with yeah, that. I agree with that and you look at something like scoregami like that would that would kind of blow that out of the water <laughs> mm -hmm. change that all up <laughs> yeah i also i think i heard that that you can do two forward passes in the in the USFL, uh, I think I heard that too. I didn't see anything like that, but 
Uh, so what, like you can complete forward passes. You can complete a forward pass and then continue to throw it further downfield. I think so. I think that's what I saw. <laughs> I, I need to look into this one now. I want to. Have I, I I I did a little bit of research and I believe I saw that and then I moved on. <laughs> yeah, two forward passes. This is going to Fox Sports. Uh, let me see if I can get like a yeah. It talks about the extra point. Um, onside kicks. They're doing the fourth and twelve play from the thirty-three yard line for uh onside kick, which like I like the concept of that overtime shootout. Two forward passes. Offenses will be allowed to throw two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage, expanding teams' playbooks. Okay. okay. It still has to be behind the line of scrimmage. Right. But okay. Like, yeah. So basically, it means that you don't have to worry about like a lateral or a backwards pass if you want to run like a trick play right. to a wide receiver who throws it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Interesting, I guess. One more thing to mention about the USFL. Did you guys see the video of the guy who got let go? Because of uh, he, he ordered pizza and instead the, the of Pittsburgh like chicken Mollers. salad yes. for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, what? No. What? Yes. Yeah. Some hardo coach let let a guy go over like a pizza incident where he wanted pizza instead of chicken salad or something. It's just like, dude, get over yourself. All right, I'm not watching the USFL. I'm not watching the USFL. <laughs> right. I can't support it was this. So awful. Yeah. And then they they lost seventeen to three the first game. <laughs> Yeah, I did watch one play of the Pittsburgh Mollies game. I like turned it on last night. I was like, let me check it out and see. We're about to talk about this tomorrow. They ran one handoff up the middle for two yards, and I was like, yeah, that's enough football till September for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need. I don't. You're gonna watch any of the preseason? No, yeah, August. I'll I'll watch some preseason games. But yeah, I mean, I I realize I just I don't. I don't love football enough that I want to watch random people play it year round. I like other sports. I enjoy being able to watch basketball right now and hockey and baseball. I don't need football in April and May. See, I love football enough to to go out of my way to tune in a little bit though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I get the idea of it. Like there are times like last night where I was like, I could maybe turn this on, but eventually I I I totally agree. Like you don't know any of the players, basically any of them. And I probably know more coaches (laughs) than players. Pittsburgh Mollers, like like, coaching. Oh, I know all the coaches. Yeah. Uh, but like they, they all play Alabama. I'd rather watch Corey play baseball on Twitch with (laughs) all our friends. Yeah. Yeah. You actually know those people. Right. Maybe I'll come in at catcher. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You did play a game that I didn't stream, but you'll, (laughs) you'll get opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so my guess is that's the last time we talk about the usfl who knows maybe we'll change our mind as like the playoffs start if they even get that far uh but let's get ready to wrap up this episode with our top five and brian uh i don't know a couple months ago now you came up with a a potential uh five questions question yeah it was, and then when i came up with a question i thought to myself wait this is actually better immediately be a better top five idea than a question yeah it's what like what movie do you wish had a sequel and immediately you're like maybe let's save this for a top five so like okay well that's you only gave me nine questions to work with but i do like the concept and we decided that kenny would be a good guest to discuss that partially because last time you were on when we did the pixar movies you just spent a lot of the time ripping pixar sequels so (laughs) there is precedent for you talking about sequels uh that maybe shouldn't have existed in your mind uh but with that let's count down the films that we wish and feel most deserve had sequels in this week's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So, Kenny, why don't you get started with this, with your number five? 
Um, okay. Uh, just, just to, to get on my soapbox for a moment. Um, in general, I think that people kind of clamor for sequels that aren't necessary a lot of the time, uh, because a movie can be fantastic and not warrant a sequel. Uh, with that said, my first, my number five, uh, is kind of a movie that I think doesn't necessarily need a sequel, but it's avatar James Cameron's avatar. Uh, it's frankly not even a movie that I love. Um, but it is literally the top grossing movie of all time. So in terms of like deserves a sequel, I think it's pretty clear that it should get one. And they've also been talking about doing sequels since like it came out pretty much. And, that was and now 12 years ago now. Yeah, it was, I think it was 2009. So it's like, they were talking about that then, or at least in 2010. Um, and they're this year, they're finally releasing the second, the second one. And then don't they have like three others planned? So they originally plan- were planning for five movies total. So yeah, four sequels. Uh, but James Cameron was pretty much like, we all know if two and three don't do well, we're not making four and five. So it's they have they have reasonable. four more planned. Um, mm-hmm. That's I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if two doesn't do well, you shouldn't make three, but they're probably going to do it anyway. Um, but like they also, in terms of the story, I think the movie could have ended or the, the series could have ended with the movie. I don't think that there's like, I don't think it's begging for a sequel story wise, but they did also do like revolutionary stuff in terms of filmmaking. So, and I've heard they're doing that again with the second movie. So I think it, it makes it like it's, it deserves a sequel if they're going to continue to revolutionize things. And I've heard they're doing some kind of underwater filming technique that's never been done. So if it, I, I don't even think the movie was that great, but it looked really nice. Yeah. So I think if that's the gonna, biggest appeal to Avatar is right. like, regardless of the plot, it just looks cool. And right. So if they're going to make more movies that like, that look cool and, and show something new, even if they're just telling Pocahontas with blue people, then, then I say, <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, no, and I think that that's a perfectly reasonable, uh, number five for that reason. You know? Yeah. I don't think it deserves four sequels necessarily, but I'll give it one. We'll see how it goes. For sure. Yeah, we'll we'll have to revisit this after yeah, that. And I'm, see I'm sure Avatar 20 years ranks. from now, Kenny will talk about how, how bad Avatar 4 was. <laughs> and there shouldn't be a fifth one. I mean, yeah, let's not go down the Toy Story route. Yeah. You know? Okay, so for my number five, I'm someone that uh, likes mystery movies probably more than others. And this year I watched Death on the Nile a couple months ago. A Gal Gadot starred in it, and it was a mystery movie and i watched a morgan freeman movie called kiss the girls that came out like 20 plus years ago but that was a good mystery movie and then i watched another one called murder mystery a very kind of a lame name but it had adam sandler and uh jennifer aniston and that was a good comedy uh slash crime mystery movie as well i I always enjoy when the two of them are together yeah (laughs) you'd think it that kind of pairing in a crime mystery movie wouldn't work but it was actually kind of an entertaining movie uh so those are some of the mystery movies i've watched but my favorite one that i watched not this year but a couple years ago was called knives out it came out yeah about a couple years ago or so and 2019 it stars daniel craig who uh was great in james bond but he was also great in this movie and knives out was definitely probably it's i think it is my favorite mystery movie it's definitely uh definitely well written plot and a lot of great characters uh yeah the script was very well written and yeah it was just overall good story and very interesting movie and kept me thinking the entire time on who was the 
uh, the one behind everything. And uh, of all the movies on my list, this is the the only one that there actually is going to be a sequel. So there's going to be a sequel later in 2022. I don't know if it's going to be in theaters or if it's Netflix or whatever. But you think it's just Netflix based on the Super yeah, Bowl it, commercial? Yeah, it is Netflix, yeah. yeah. But like Kenny said when he was talking about Avatar is that there are some movies where you don't want there to be a sequel because of how good the first one is. And so I kind of worry about that, especially since it's not coming to theaters, it's coming to Netflix, which kind of gives yeah. the, the idea. It's like, all right, well, this is maybe not going to be as good as the first one, but I enjoyed the first one so much and that I'm willing to watch the second one and see if it's great or not. Well, I, I did really enjoy Knives Out. And I think that a movie like this kind of, it's similar with the, uh, like the Poirot novels with like death on the Nile, like you mentioned um, the, the Agatha Christie detective novels. Um, Love Agatha Christie. Me, me too. And, we and, the same and I birthday. think you do. Yeah. Yeah. She was oh, in my top that. five, like people, <laughs> celebrities who share a birthday with me. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I did not remember that, but nice. Uh, I'll make sure to wish her uh, a happy birthday come September. Um, but I think that the thing about like a, a murder mystery, a detective uh, series or or a, a movie or book, it's easy to do a sequel because you can just make everyone a new character except for the detective. So it's like, I don't think that this necessarily needs a sequel because you can just make any murder mystery movie, but it's easy to do if you want to just say, okay, Daniel Craig is, I don't remember his character's name, but he's just investigating a different murder. You could just do it. And, and I think the thing for me is if they try to do a sequel with the same cast, it's like, okay, well then what are you, what are you doing? Like why? I don't know. That would seem a little silly to me. I don't know what the sequel is for the record. Um, but if it's the same family, I'm going to think it's a little bit silly. Oh yeah. I would think the same. I didn't, I'll admit, I have not looked into that other than the fact that it's coming out later this year and Daniel Craig is in it. And like, that's it. <laughs> like, I don't know like much else about it. And, but it was a movie that I really enjoyed and I really like mystery movies and I put it five. <laughs> like it's not at the top of my list. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think the the whole concept of movies that are good, the first one, like very good, you love them, you don't want a sequel to ruin them is definitely something that I considered because most of my lists are not movies that I'm like, oh, I love like this is one of my favorite all-time movies. They're movies that I felt like okay, they there was potential for a sequel here. Similar movies got sequels. This one should have got one as well. Uh, and you both, with your number fives, chose movies that will have sequels coming out. Uh, Knives Out in 2022. Is Avatar 2 coming out in 2022, 2023? Yes, December yeah, 2022. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so uh, there were two two films that I considered for this that uh, are slated to have sequels. And I didn't put them on for two reasons. One was just there were other movies that I thought were worth talking about that probably aren't getting sequels. Um and also, they're two very similar films that it was hard to kind of either pick one over the other or put both of them on my list. And um, they're both villain origin stories, Joker and Cruella. I thought they were both really good movies. Like, I really loved the villain origin story like concept. That wasn't something that I'd ever really considered a ton of. But I, I, I feel like both those movies kind of left me wanting more. It's like, okay, what's going to happen with Arthur Fleck from here? Now all this chaos ensued. You know, Batman's parents just died. How are they going to bring him into this? Like, where does it go from here? In the case of Cruella, it's like, okay, we see how she's now Cruella DeVille, but like, I feel like we're, we're missing how does she become like really evil? Like, there's more to these stories. Like, they both, I thought, were really good movies that I'd love to have more of. And luckily, you know, Todd Phillips has signed off on a Joker 2. Emma Stone has 
come back to do Cruella too. So th- those will be made uh, because like that they're in the plans. I decided to leave them off my list, but I, I thought they were kind of honorable mentions. Kind of made sense to bring them up with you both putting your number fives as movies that do have sequels set to be made. So that being said, my number five movie that I believe deserves to have a sequel, wish had a sequel, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And I I put this as my number five for a few reasons. One, I just think it was a really good, really good movie. I, I really enjoyed this as a kid. I watched it again a couple of years ago. I think it's a great concept. It's 1947 Hollywood and it's a, it's a world where humans and tunes are both actors. They coexist both on and off the screen. I think it's a really fun concept and I thought they did a great job with this film. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the whole like concept with like Eddie Valiant, the private investigator where it's not like really like this kid's theme. Like it's kind of dark. He's his, brother and partner was murdered by a tune he resorts to alcoholism like you get really get like characters with depth and um christopher lloyd fantastic in his role as judge doom there's a lot to love about this film and i think that there were there's possibilities for sequels uh there were discussions of having a prequel early 40s like a who discovered roger rabbit kind of thing it would take place during world war ii there were going to be like parodies involving nazis and stuff and steven spielberg after doing shinder's list was like yeah i can't do that so that kind of fell apart and there were talks about having a sequel in like later in the golden age of american animation you know into the 50s or the 60s i think there were a lot of possibilities to expand on this it's a it's a very successful movie very highly rated so I, i'm surprised that disney didn't do more and at this point 34 years later it seems very unlikely that we're going to get a sequel I never, I never saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I think you're right that at this point it seems unlikely that there'd be a sequel. But I'm pretty surprised that in the last ten years they didn't do it. You know, they they love to reboot stuff or or, mm-hmm. or dredge stuff back up. I mean, they just I don't I, Disney. Uh, it's uh, Space Jam Two is not Warner Brothers or it's not Disney. It is Warner Brothers, but like it's the same you know mix of live action and animated yeah, same concept. I'm surprised. Uh-huh. I'm surprised Disney wasn't like, oh, Warner Brothers is doing Space Jam Two. Let's Let's, Let's bring back who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, right. It's it's surprising to me if they haven't, but yeah, if they haven't yet, you're probably right. I I don't expect. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis has supposedly has a script. He has stuff ready to go. He just doesn't think Disney's ever gonna want to do it at this point. Um, so I mean, the main reason why I want it is just because I like the movie and I think it made sense to have a sequel. But the other reason why I brought it up as my top five specifically is because. Uh, last week we decided to do top five Easter eggs in films, but one idea I pitched to Brian was top five cartoon rabbits, which sounds silly, but there are like a lot of options. And I thought it would have been really fun to kind of debate, oh, Trick's Rabbit or the Nesquik Bunny and hilarious content to get horny over Lola Bunny and try to defend that take. Uh, and Roger Rabbit would have been my number one on that list. I, I think there was a lot of potential with that one. Maybe next year for Easter, we can revisit that topic. I do think we chose a good top five, but just wanted to throw it out there. That was one thing I suggested. And I was going to talk about Roger Rabbit last week. So instead I'll talk about it this week. Corey, I'm looking at your list here and they're all cartoon rabbit movies. Is that a, <laughs> is that a coincidence? Hey, don't no spoilers. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, moving on to my number four, probably not an expected pick. Uh, it's, it's, it's Leroy and Stitch, um, which is, it, which is of, of course, uh, part of the, the franchise of Lilo and Stitch. Um, I'm a big fan of Lilo and Stitch, uh, the characters and, and 
pretty much all of the stories they've told. Uh, I love the first movie. Uh, I think, I think Lilo and Stitch two was good. They had the movie stitch with an exclamation point, which kicked off the TV series, Lilo and stitch the series. And then Leroy and stitch, uh, somehow I had not seen until last night. Um, yeah, 16 years. I'd never seen Leroy and stitch. And I, I finally watched it last night and, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was, a you know, it's a silly Disney animated movie, but it, 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 it ended the series the the TV series that I used to wake up at like four 30 in the morning to watch before school. Uh, so that was like a nice little nostalgia trip, but I, like for me kind of going back to what I said before about, I don't want, I don't want a sequel made just because I liked one movie and I do kind of just want more Lilo and stitch cause I love Lilo and stitch, but also experiment six to eight, has only ever been shown in pod form in an episode of the TV show. So there is something there that they could work with. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that there's like kind of endless possibility with something like this. And I don't think endless possibilities are a good reason to do a sequel. Um, like I said, this one, this one is a bit of a, just a me pick of, Oh, I liked the movie. Um, but there's a thread, there's a thread that they could pull at to try to find a story. Um, I haven't watched the, the anime, Lilo and Stitch stuff, which does exist. Um, anime as in like a... Like there's a there's a Japanese anime and I think there's a Chinese uh, series as well where Stitch like is with a different person, not with Lilo. Um, Interesting. I haven't seen it, yeah. but I've seen everything else with Lilo and Stitch and I just, I would like more. And like I say, this is kind of going against what I said before, but <laughs> I, I feel like there's still, there's, there are stories to tell there. And Stitch is, Stitch is wildly popular. If you go oh, to yeah. Disney, uh-huh. like there's so much Stitch stuff. He's like f- somehow like sp- he's like the Space Mountain or uh, not Space Mountain. That one kind of makes sense. He's like the Tower of Terror mas- mascot for some reason. Really? Um, yeah, he's Since like when? on a bunch of not like not like a f- like he's not like all over the gift shop, but they have like uh-huh. like he's on like a fair amount of stuff, like pins and stuff, like dressed as a as a uh, like a bellhop. He interesting. He he like. Stitch is always dressed as something I feel mm. like. So it's easy for him to be used in merchandise a lot. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say what we don't need and what we are getting is live action Lilo and Stitch. What? We don't need it. Yep. Yeah. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. That sounds. Not... It's going to be atrocious. Yeah. It's going to be so bad. Just make, just make another animated movie. Disney, just Disney, please bring back 2D animation. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I know you had Lilo and Stitch as your number one non non Pixar animated right. Disney film back in November. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I've always loved the Lilo and Stitch franchise, uh, not quite as much as you, but I, I I think there's reasons to keep pumping out more of it, especially if it seems like it's still super popular in Disney World. It sounds like there's still an audience for it. So yeah, people love Stitch. So for my number four, despite Kenny, I decided to go with a Pixar <laughs> movie. And I know deep down that if I picked Toy Story 5, Kenny would not (laughs) want to talk to me anymore. (laughs) So I couldn't go with that. Uh, So I thought about this one, like which Pixar movie would be best for a sequel. And I thought about Up and I thought about WALL-E, but I like those movies too much for those movies to have a second one. Because first of all, I don't don't even know what the second one would even be about. And I feel like... Yeah. Those ended perfectly, at least my opinion. Those two movies. No, I agree. I think those are both both good standalone. Exactly. Films. I think both those are good standalone movies. And so, when I was thinking about this, uh, Inside Out 
uh, was one of the Pixar movies. That, it wasn't in my top five like it was for Kenny, but it, if we did top ten, I definitely would have it that high. I was it was I was definitely uh, a fan of that movie, and so Riley in the movie she's eleven years old and she's dealing with all the emotions and ups and downs of moving to another city and uh, also spoiler running away at one point in the movie and and it was overall I, I really enjoyed the concept of emotions uh in her in her head and i thought you know what about having a sequel for this movie where she's entering puberty where she's 16 years old and she's has high school love interests or if she's an adult and she has a stressful job or whatever i don't know like i feel like you could come up with a great sequel for for that movie with her as uh, either in high school or college or as an adult instead of just an 11 year old kid. So that's why I'm picking it. Yeah. I I think that's a, that's a film that has a lot of possibilities for a sequel. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get one eventually. Uh, Just like you said, just an older version of her. Right. Right. I mean, I think to maybe to, to more concisely put my previous point, I think that the, the best sequels or the movies that deserve sequels most are the movies that the writers have an idea for a sequel. Cause it's like, sure, there are a lot of possibilities, but if they don't like, I don't think that they, sh- that the, the, the screenwriter should be like, Oh, there's so much possibility. Let's think of an idea. Like if something comes to you, then I think it makes sense. But I, I, it just feels Pixar to me always feels like they force their sequels. I think that's my big thing is, it, almost every Pixar sequel is it. It didn't need to happen. It's not like a, 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 a like a natural continuation of the story. It's oh, let's do this this time. And, and I don't know. I could see Inside Out, an Inside Out sequel being good. I think that there are things they could do, but I do agree that some of them. I don't are know. Like forced, I, like we, I've said already a couple times, like Finding Dory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Finding Dory was a wild movie, but at the same time, I enjoyed yeah, Finding Dory. I enjoyed but it, yes, I, I but also it. knowingly in the back of my mind, like. Yeah, this probably wasn't as good as Finding Nemo, but uh, yeah, no. that that one, I mean, I'm not writing it off. That that one I yeah. enjoyed to an extent. Cars two, we've talked about this, Kenny. We despised oh, that I mean, movie, and Cars three should have been Cars two. Yeah, exactly. And then Toy Story two, I think, was the best sequel of any of the Pixar's, uh, any of the Pixar Pixar movies. And I f- I feel like Inside Out, I think there there is potential for making a good sequel. Sure, and Pixar can do whatever they want, and I'm gonna watch it. I watched Turning Red; like they can. <laughs> Where did do it actually whatever they stack want. up? Now that you've seen it, it was bad. I'm like, okay, Turning Red, Turning Red. I, I really did not like it. I don't know. I was not Turning Red's target audience. I was, I was rather surprised by the content in Turning Red. Um, I think that it's up to other people to judge. If that was an important movie for some people, then then it's good that it exists. It's like a representation perspective. It was, it was about, it's about teenage girls coming of age essentially. And okay. that's not me. That's, I didn't have that experience. And, and I had a, I don't know. I also, that aside, didn't, I found a lot of it very cringy. I didn't like the supporting cast. Uh, there was a red panda twerking at one point. I just didn't care for <laughs> it personally. Um, uh, but it, it's not, it's not the good dinosaur. I think okay, which I you said it, it would less, be worse than that. Well, I think I enjoyed it less than The Good Dinosaur, but The Good Dinosaur is just nothing. Turning Red might be a movie that people really hold near and dear. I don't know. If anyone holds The Good Dinosaur dear, <laughs> I, I don't ever want to meet that person. 
uh yeah okay that that makes sense i mean i guess that where it's like i did watch the the commercial like i don't know a week or so after we talked about it it's like oh yeah i don't know about this one but i also get it being for you know not me not not us we're not the right target audience so yeah all right so my number four um so i wanted to go with a will ferrell movie i'm a big fan of will ferrell um i know he's kind of a polarizing uh actor some people aren't as big fans of him others absolutely love him i tend to enjoy the films he does and um one of his movies that he does that or that he was in that i think is a more underrated will ferrell film is the other guys and uh you know i think a lot of people will ask for sequels to like step brothers or talladega knights or elf or you know some of the other bigger blockbuster movies he's done but i think there's somewhat of a precedent for why there should be a sequel to the other guys over some of those other films in that it's a buddy cop comedy. Like how many other buddy cop franchises have had sequels? Like they've turned into like big franchises. I think that there's a possibility here that this spoof of the whole buddy cop genre can, can work and do another one. And we know that Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg enjoy working together because they did Daddy's Home in 2015. In that movie, I never saw, but just looking at like the reviews and stuff, it sounds terrible. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, a lot of consensus is it's not all that funny. There was a lot of potential with the whole you know, stepdad, dad relationship concept, and they just didn't do a good job with it. But for whatever reason, they decided to make a sequel of that. They made a Daddy's Home 2, which was even worse, apparently. So I think just given that you know, they, they've they done these movies together. Why not make a sequel of the other guys too? It seems like a, a movie that's super easy to do a sequel. And like, as much as I really enjoy this, it's not my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Like Elf, I don't want them to make a sequel. I think that's a movie where you can be like, okay, this is too much. Elf doesn't need a sequel. The other guys, I think, is one where it can get away with it, can maybe find ways to be different. I think one idea a lot of people throw out is more like a prequel with um, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson's characters. And that could also be interesting. But I do like the idea of just continuing Continuing on the series, finding another another story, another thing to kind of parody in real life. Like there's there's constantly stuff that's happening with politicians and uh, you know CEOs and stuff that you can find a way to to make a fictional representation of in, in a film. And you know that Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are going to make it a fun time for everyone. Unless it's Daddy's Home. Unless it's Daddy's Home, yes. But like <laughs> in, from the buddy cop perspective, I think this is a good one right. for them. I've never seen this movie uh, or either of the Daddy's Home movies. Uh, so I can't really speak to it, but I did forget. I forgot this until you said daddy's home too, but I remember seeing a trailer for daddy's home too and being very confused because I'd never heard of daddy's home. Um, so I, I guess yeah. maybe that speaks to <laughs> that movie and it's lack of influence. Uh, but I really, I, okay. I mean, if, if the sequel comes out, maybe I'll watch the first one. I don't know. Sounds fun. Yeah, so it is, it's a fun. I, I yeah. I've never seen either of the Daddy's Home movies, but I have seen the other guys and Element. I I didn't care for it. There there are there are a couple of funny okay. things I like where Will Ferrell's character he had a wooden gun at one <laughs> one point, and uh, I like the part where this is a spoiler, but whatever. I there was a point in the movie where Mark Wahlberg. He shot Derek Jeter in the leg. I mean, this is literally the opening of the film. Yeah, so. yeah. He, he shot Derek Jeter in the leg, and he was so disappointed by He's in the World Series. Yeah, by what happened. 
and, yeah, and then some guy in the room just just yelled out out loud, "You should have shot a Rod." <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only. All right, yeah. maybe I watch this movie. Yeah, sounds that, good. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the movie that like, that scene, and other than that, I didn't, I didn't care for it. All right, moving on to my number three. Uh, it is a very recent movie. Uh, came out just a couple weeks ago. It is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, more more widely known as just Sonic 2. Um, I, I don't think I'll get too much into the, into the plot specifically because it is a new movie that a lot of people probably don't really care about. Uh, but uh, it ended on a cliffhanger. The first one ended on a cliffhanger. Um, I'll spoil this one. They brought in Tails at the end of the first movie. If you're familiar with familiar with Sonic at all, Tails is, is, is his, uh, his little buddy, his, his, his best friend kind of. And, um, and, and then Sonic in Sonic two, Tails was in it, uh, along with Knuckles and they ended on another cliffhanger at the end of the movie. And I feel like a crazy person for saying this, but I think Sonic three might actually be good. Uh, I'm actually excited for it despite the first two. Um, I did enjoy the second one more than the first. I think they have something there. They just haven't quite found it yet. And I think that, I think that maybe the third one will do it, but, um, Is that I think because you love Sonic and you're, you're holding out hope or you have actual reason to believe that the, the, the cliffhanger they ended on gives me hope. Um, and I also do love Sonic, but, um, I don't know. I, I think it's like uh, Corey and I were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier before we recorded the podcast of when you're working with pre-established content, it, it sequels are kind of just expected, you know, there are still characters in Sonic that haven't been introduced. So it makes sense that they would make another one. And then it's kind of the whole Marvel thing of they're going to end on a cliffhanger because they're going to make another movie. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think Sonic three has been confirmed, I would be shocked if it didn't get made. Uh, I have heard Jim Carrey might retire from acting after the second Sonic movie. So I don't know if he'll be in it, which would be unfortunate. Um, but I don't know. It's it it's it's kind of a it's kind of a bit of a catch twenty two because I don't love movies ending on cliffhangers in general, but I think that that is kind of when sequels are the most warranted for obvious reason because then there's clearly more story to tell. Um, and it I don't know. I think this is kind of just a classic example of it of the movie's over and then post credits they're like, hey, here's something for the next one, and it's a bit a uh, I don't know. It's a bit annoying sometimes, but. I like Sonic, so I'm excited for the third one, and I think I hope I hope it gets made. I think it will. I don't know, you guys, yeah. Sonic fans. I, I liked it as a kid. I, I enjoyed playing the games, but I I never uh, I haven't seen any of the Sonic the Hedgehog movies that have come out in recent years. You can skip the first one; it's fine. <laughs> I like the fast food place, Sonic. Okay, well, <laughs> no, no, Sonic the Hedgehog is way better than the fast I was food just place. Joking. In some bizarre twist, I don't remember what restaurant, but some restaurant partnered with Sonic the, with Sega for Sonic the Hedgehog, and it wasn't Sonic. It wasn't the restaurant Sonic. Somewhere else had some promotion where they had some kind of Sonic uh, limited edition food. Some some like sounds Mexican like Sonic place, dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, it's it's insane. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, so I, I've never seen it. I know what it is, but I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so for my number three, so like I said for number five, I'm someone that really likes mystery movies. I guess another thing about myself is that 
compared to the average adult male, I probably like romantic comedies more than the average guy. And I talked about this before, with, especially with Corey, <laughs> dating back plenty of episodes, Yeah, <laughs> uh, that my favorite Years, romantic yeah. comedy is Wedding Crashers. And that's my number three choice. And it's, like I said, it's my favorite romantic comedy. And it, the way it ended, it, it kind of have gives you ideas that, hey, maybe there could be a second one where they continue to crash weddings, but they also have others with them. Or, I don't know, maybe there could be some sort of different plot uh, to Wedding Crashers, but involving Rachel McAdams' character more. I don't know. And there were talks about... Crash more funerals. Yeah, or yeah, crash funerals. And you can bring in... Uh, you know, I'm not a, as big of a Will Ferrell fan like you, Corey, but his character in Wedding Crashers, Chaz, <laughs> I did like... No, I did, it's an awesome yeah, I, I did like his character in that movie. And yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe crash funerals more. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it could be called maybe funeral crashers instead of wedding crashers too. I don't know. Awful, awful concept. Yeah. <laughs> but there were talks about a wedding crashers too, but apparently that all fell apart because Owen Wilson signed off on another movie and it's just and it's also so long ago now. It was what like cars. Yeah, for maybe yeah, cars, cars four. four. <laughs> yeah. But uh No, I I've heard like back and forth in terms of whether or not a sequel is in the works and possibly gonna happen yeah and it's but. just it's just been so long now it's been like what 15 years mm-hmm. it's just yeah, I, I think it's like now longer than that i think i think it's now past the point like where it's probably not ideal to have a second one i mean i it'd be mm-hmm. cool but they'd obviously will would be a lot older and it probably wouldn't be as good and so i feel like it's now past the point where it it probably wouldn't be a good sequel but it's some it's a movie where i wish there was one though yeah i agree i consider this on my list i knew it was going to make yours so i was like i'll, I'll talk about it when, when brian does but i i definitely hope that the sequel does come through at some point it does make sense though to make a, a sequel of this and i don't know we'll see what happens it it sounds like they made progress and it fell apart and you know they're not giving up hope but it uh, i agree it could be maybe a little too past time for it so i i do like a good rom-com uh, I haven't seen this one, but full disclosure, I, I assumed it was a Will Ferrell movie. I don't know why. I just thought no, he, it, he's only in I it don't for like know. ten minutes, maybe. Maybe not that. even I mean, that. Yeah. 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 No. So I have this, no idea. Yeah, Wedding Crasher stars Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. And for my number three, I went with a different Vince Vaughn movie, and that is Dodgeball. <laughs> and you know, I love the first Dodgeball movie. Do I think if they made a Dodgeball two, it would be as good as the first, and it would be like an amazing movie? Absolutely not. I think it would probably be pretty bad movie. But it's one of the most quotable comedy films ever. Like, there's so many lines in this that people are constantly throwing out there still. Like, oh, it's a bull strategy, Cotton. And I rem- I remember you. Uh, I thought you were about to. Well, I was just saying. I remember you quote. and Ben. And was it Joey as well? Yeah, it was the you, one, the one, still the one film review I've ever. Yeah, you, you guys did a film review on Dodgeball, and I'm uh-huh. when I was listening to that one, I was thinking to myself, you know, if I were in this film review, all I would, I wouldn't even talk about the movie, I would just quote it the entire time. There's just so many. I did a top <laughs> ten quotes of it. like the. There's just so many good ones. There's you can so dodge many great a wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> iconic. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> Um, yeah, what? I mean, so, but my, my thing with this one is just that, uh, they've, they've brought out ESPN, the eight, 
ate the outro. Like ESPN has done all these specials on it. Like there's there's reasons to the commentary think that is there's gold more in that movie with yeah and and in terms of like what what would a sequel be? Well, I mean, are we to believe that Average Joe's gym is all of a sudden totally saved just with this dodgeball? I mean, the place was falling apart before. So and then what about White Goodman? Is he just destined to be you know fat slob for the rest of his life like what is there more to his story i think that uh you know peter lafleur is someone who just kind of like he got away with a lot of stuff like i think there's more reason for him to kind of fall back and maybe his, his old ways and things not to work out there and i don't know there, there's there's possibilities i'm surprised that they haven't made a dodgeball two to this point i won't totally rule out the idea of it though it feels how, like how about, they're running out of time how about a third, you know, there's a third gym that takes over and they're yeah, they're the new, new antagonists instead of Globogen. They yeah. they do another dodgeball tournament and Peter asks for White to join him. <laughs> to Ooh, his, I like his the concept. Team. Yeah, they have to team, they up, team up together. Up. Yeah. They're good guys together. <laughs> Interesting. I, I like that White idea. I like the idea of White Goodman shifting over to the the good side. Kenny, we're future um, filmmakers. <laughs> I I watched Dodgeball what twenty years ago? How old? Oh, Two thousand four. Twenty years so. ago? I probably okay. watched it twenty so days not. ago. <laughs> I watched really? it maybe. No, I, just, I probably watched it in two thousand four yeah. or five. Have not uh, seen it since. Uh, I, I I don't remember anything oh about my it. God. Um, it, I'll have to watch movie. it again. It sounds yeah. good. It's not. You're, it sounds like it's a good movie. There, there's a lot of funny parts. Like there's definitely some stuff where it's like, yeah, this is is a little cringy today. But I yeah. think that they, yeah. Yeah, I love the the Lance Armstrong uh, hero <laughs> appearance. I just like <laughs> yikes. Yeah, that that part didn't age. That might have aged worse than anything else. <laughs> I, I will say, I believe we could have made it through uh, top five without a sports reference if Corey hadn't said we, dodgeball here. We probably could have. But I mean, wow, again, this could be my like, first no, one. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The Ocho. It like happened. let's you know let let's settle down here. When we're talking about sports. It's. it's <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, not a sports movie by any means. Uh, my number two uh, that I think deserves a sequel is The Social Network, which I did not see until this year. Um, I'm surprised. I figured you would have seen that a long time ago. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I finally saw it this year. Uh, and this this is a movie that certainly does have more content to work with. Uh, a lot has happened to Mark, to Mark Zuckerberg since 2010. <laughs> uh, um especially his the i think it was 2018 he had the senate hearings where everyone was saying he looked like a, an alien or a robot um the the hearings regarding the personal data use um and you know the first movie did not the social network uh, not the first movie the only social network movie as of now uh did not paint mark zuckerberg in a great light um and i think that there's uh more to work with in terms of him doing shady things uh, and there's there, I, I don't know if a sequel like this will happen, but there's been interest. Um, Aaron Sorkin, who wrote the screenplay, said he could write a sequel if the director, David Finch, returns. Uh, and also Jesse Eisenberg is interested in reprising the role. So it sounds like it sounds like essentially if David Finch just says he's in, then it's probably going to happen. Uh, and I just think it makes sense. It, it's it, it was uh, it was a, a fun a fun uh, take on, from what I've been told, is a relatively accurate retelling of the events uh, as Mark Zuckerberg created or, you know, worked with people to create Facebook. Um, and I think that there's a lot to work with here. I, you know, we all know about, or most people know about 
something to do with the Senate hearings that happened in 2018 in terms of, you know, seeing pictures and seeing memes of Mark Zuckerberg. But I love I the idea he- that someone's listening to this and has no idea that Facebook's <laughs> been stealing their data. And they're like, right. wait, what? What has he been doing? Yeah. Uh, delete your Facebook. Uh, it's, it's stealing uh, everything from you. Um, but no, I, I think that there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that most of us don't know. I don't know much about the Senate hearings. I know they happened, but I think it would be really cool because like I say, the first movie the, or the, the social network was entertaining, but from what I've heard, it's, I think it was pretty accurate in terms of what it was showing. So it would be fun to learn about what happened in 2018 in more depth uh, with, uh, with the fun cast of characters. And Jesse Eisenberg did a good job in that movie. So I think I'd like to see a second one. Yeah, honestly, when I first saw this on your list at number two, I was like, I don't need a sequel of this. This is more like a like a Netflix or Hulu like mini series documentary, like chronicling all the bad stuff Facebook does. But I I do think it would be interesting to go behind the scenes, like you said. The first one isn't necessarily like Mark Zuckerberg is some hero for creating Facebook. Like there there's right. a dark side of it. So He's sued uh, by it would be interesting people. to see it portrayed. Oh He's yeah, sued by no, his best it would be friend. interesting to see it. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I like I like the concept. Um the more more you kind of talk about it so I, it was a great movie so i like the part where uh ed is it eduardo saverin he yeah. gets a, he gets asked like how much were his shares diluted by it wasn't how much were his shares diluted by it wasn't how much were your shares diluted by 0.03% and then the people just in the room just like shrug like why else do you think he's suing you? <laughs> His shares just got dropped to 0.03% <laughs> for Facebook. Uh, so I, I thought that scene was funny. And there, it, it is a great movie. I, I definitely agree. All right. So for my number two, like Kenny's, it's not a sports movie. Unless if you think treasure hunting is a, a sport. <laughs> uh, for my number two, I went with National Treasure. Now, this movie is the one movie on my list where there is a sequel, but... I wish there was a third one for this movie because I, uh, I'm not a historian whatsoever, or, or I'm not super into history out unless it's like sports related. But I'm not really big into history. There but we go. We got the sports. Yeah, involved. I had to bring it out. Yep. Thanks a lot. But yeah, I, I was definitely a fan of those movies though. Uh, the the first one was much better than the second one, but the second one I still enjoyed uh, when they went to Mount Rushmore, and. I don't know. I, I love the stories of, of both movies and how they brought in certain characters. And it would have been cool if there was a third movie. And it's another one, just like Wind Crashes, where there have been talks of it, but it just never happened. And now there's actually going to be a series on National Treasure, if you didn't know that. Where, okay. I, I felt like so, I heard something about it. So Justin Bartha, who plays uh, Riley, who's also Doug in The Hangover. He's Doug in The Hangover. He yeah. He's going to be in the series for... I don't know if it's like a side character or for just an episode or two or whatever, but he's going to be in it. But Nicolas Cage and Diane Kruger are not going to be, or his dad. So they're making National Treasure without them. Yeah, like it's so it's it's going to be a series, but it's only going to involve from from the from the movies. It's only going to involve Riley, uh, and for like an ep, an episode or two or whatever. And I don't love that. I wish I wanted. I want. I'd no. want a third movie because uh, I really enjoy yeah. those movies. <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest. I thought there was a third movie that I'd never seen, um, but I've just looked it up and apparently there is officially a third movie in development. Uh, really? Jerry Bruckheimer is, yeah, apparently Jerry Bruckheimer is working on a third movie. He wants to get the whole cast back 
and okay. it says uh, by March 2022, Nicolas Cage stated that he has not yet seen the script, so it's not coming anytime soon. But it sounds like I feel like I've read this also, several times. And well, this this uh, National Treasure three section of this Wikipedia page starts with in May 2008. So yeah, you probably <laughs> yeah. have. Heard yeah, this I feel before. like I've read that uh, exact same story multiple times, and it just happens to be a different. Yeah, this hey, if time. this if this weird Nicolas Cage movie that I don't know nothing about that just came out or is coming out does well, maybe you know maybe that'll uh, launch something. Nicolas Cage is someone yeah, that I, has. He has some really weird roles, but then he'll have roles that are oh, yeah. awesome. And this is probably my favorite Nicholas. Yeah, movie. like Spider-Man Noir and Into the Spider-Verse. Benjamin Franklin Gates is the name, right? Yep, because you had it. He, he was in my, he was he was top, in my top five, five bands, bands. And I remember yeah. when you put it there, I was yeah. like, damn, I wish it was in my list because I yeah. actually. Um, no, I, I'm a huge American history buff. So like, I, I love the National Treasure films. I So Nick Cage was... Like there's some some Twitter post and uh, like a week or so ago where it was like top five Nick Cage f- films and there was nowhere near enough National Treasure references on that thread for my liking, which like I get it. I mean he's done a lot of stuff. It's more of like a kids film, but I, I still think it's it's incredible. Um, definitely would have enjoyed a National Treasure three, and if it does come out, then I'll I'll enjoy it. But I will say, I mean yeah, in May two thousand eight, the Who Framed yeah. Roger Rabbit uh, possible <laughs> sequel is starts with in 1989 so let's not <laughs> let's not hold out too much over right um, all right so for for not my number two um i similar to my number four i wanted to go with a specific director that i think has made a lot of fun comedy films that could have had sequels that's judd apatow and i decided to go with the highest grossing judd apatow film by a large margin, Bridesmaids. And I actually caught the ending to this. It was on like TBS or TNT a couple weeks ago. And I, I loved watching it. I think it's a great film. And I was like, yeah, I, I could certainly see this continuing from here. And I'm surprised that they haven't because of how much money the first one made, how popular it is. Like this is considered like a groundbreaking film in terms of having a comedy that's like female centric. All of the lead roles in this. And so many funny characters. I don't know what they would have done, but if The Hangover can come up with a way to make two more movies, Bridesmaid can marry off one of the characters and we go down the same same hole here. Maybe Melissa McCarthy's character gets married. Like There, there, there are certainly possibilities for that. I, I like the idea of another Bridesmaid and I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't pushed forward with this one. I think Kristen Wiig has somewhat been involved in the idea of it, but... I don't know. At this point, it might just be a standalone movie that uh, they didn't capitalize on because I think that's this has cash grab written all over it. Bridesmaids too. I haven't seen Bridesmaids, and I agree that it could just be a cash grab to do a sequel. But this this kind of falls into the category for me of if you want to make a sequel, you don't have to reach. Like you said, just have one of the other people get married. Like oh, yeah, it's not hard. Easy. It's uh, like like you know, obviously you have to come up with more of a plot than that in some way, but. The, the the framework is there it's so easy uh it's it's pretty surprising like you say with the success mm-hmm. uh, of the movie that they haven't done it i've seen one scene from the movie and it was when everyone was getting sick in the bathroom <laughs> that's all i see uh, uh, yeah. it was very funny but i've never seen the whole movie yeah no there, there, there are a lot of funny scenes of this movie it's, it's definitely a good one and it, it i wouldn't rule it out i do think it's still possible that they could come up with it but i think it's been like 11 years now so time wow, is definitely really? ticking yeah i know right it, it time, was 2011 time's crazy yeah i know oh my god we're old <laughs> oh yeah uh, uh all right my number one 
I'll, I'll just get into it. It's it's Spider-Man No Way Home. It's the newest Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, a sequel almost will almost definitely happen. Um, everyone at Marvel, uh, I believe it's Kevin Feige right away. He's like the MCU showrunner R- right away, like opening weekend. They were like, guys, there's going to be more Spider-Man. Don't worry, because people were immediately freaking out. Uh, the movie ended on a pretty insane cliffhanger. Uh, we don't need to get into the specifics, but I I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. Um, but it's still scary. You know, they, the, the people at, at Marvel and, uh, and Disney wanted to assure everyone that there's more Spider-Man coming, but we almost lost Spider-Man because of contract stuff with Sony before this movie even happened. So it's, it's always until something is officially announced. Uh, I always have a, I I always worry about, about my favorite, my favorite little superhero, Spider-Man. Um, and while I think that more will come, there's no, there's no like plan for it at the moment, uh, at least publicly. So it's, it's a little bit worrying, um, because the story frankly is not over. The story is in a sense, just beginning, um, with, with, uh, with our boy Peter. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll always want more Spider-Man. Um, regardless, I'm excited for the other Spider-Man stuff that's coming with the, the two across the Spider-Verse movies, the sequels into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I think there's even an argument to be made after uh, No Way Home about the Amazing Spider-Man three and maybe even Spider-Man four. Yeah. I don't know if those will happen. <laughs> I'll take I'll take what I can get, but like I really want more of the MCU Spider-Man, and I'm just I think it will come, but I'm scared of how long it's going to take. Um, especially you know Tom Holland has been quoted saying stuff about you know maybe taking a break for a while, and I you know, respect his decisions, but he is Spider-Man and he is obligated to be Spider-Man for as long as I want him to be. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. It just, this To me, this movie, like I say, it almost certainly will be followed up on because it's Disney and Marvel. Um, but it just, it, it was worth mentioning to me because as a, as a fan of Spider-Man, it feels like it really needs to be followed up on. Like they pretty much just set the stage for a whole new series of movies and then have nothing planned uh, that the public is aware of. So... I'm not really worried about it not happening, but I would love to hear uh, some confirmation about any of it. Yeah, I, I know there were plans to do a Spider-Man 4 in the original Tobey Maguire series, but Spider-Man 3 was so bad that they just didn't do <laughs> right. it. So I guess yeah. like what's, what's worse is making more movies until one finally sucks or just going out on top and leaving folks wanting more. Is that why there Making was never until one sucked. Is that why there was never an amazing Spider-Man 3 with Andrew Garfield? Um I don't remember that. So I was hanging out with a friend uh about a week ago and she asked me why so many people play Spider-Man and I ranted for like 20 to 30 minutes about the different Spider-Man franchises and all this. I don't I think that the the poor performance of the amazing Spider-Man movies uh played a part but i think essentially they marvel or or disney and sony were talking about getting someone into the mcu and they kind of went to andrew garfield and said you know we're doing this and it's not going to be you i think that was really what made his run come to an end um spider-man 3 i just thought those movies were good enough where it deserved a third one maybe i should have put on my list (laughs) well and 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 especially with it's a slight spoiler for Spider-Man No Way Home. It's been out for a while now. Uh, Andrew Garfield and Tommy Maguire are, are yeah, in I it. knew that. Yeah. Um, 
and and so it really it left a lot of people saying especially with andrew garfield's performance that they should make the amazing spider-man 3 um and i don't know people were really people were really clamoring for it after the movie came out i would love to see it um i'd love to see anything spider-man so i i'm not really picky about it i I i'll take i'll take 10 bad spider-man movies over one spider or or to have one good spider-man movie um partially because i've never not enjoyed a spider-man movie even when i know they're bad i still i still love them even the amazing spider-man too Kenny used to have a Spider-Man shrine in his room as a kid. Okay, it was I called it a shrine. I did not worship it. <laughs> I didn't know what the word meant. Uh-huh. Okay, so for my number one, I went with a movie that apparently you guys have never heard of. <laughs> so Nope, no idea. Yeah, it's called True Lies. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And so before this episode, I... I do some research for every top five. And when I was looking at all these articles and watching some YouTube clips, this movie came up on almost every article and video that I looked at. And I actually, and I agree with everyone else because this is one of my, not only one of my favorite on Schwarzenegger movies, but it's probably one of my favorite action movies slash comedies. And uh, it's a movie that, yeah, like like I said, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and he plays a spy in the movie and he's as a spy he's dealing with dangerous terrorists, but at the same time he's also uh he's he has a family at home that doesn't know that he's actually a spy. They think he's just a boring salesman. And he has to deal with terrorists at at work, but at home he also has to deal with the fact that his wife is contemplating possibly having an affair and leaving them and yeah it's a great movie and i wish there was a second one but the reason why there was not a second one is because coincidentally kenny you talked about how james cameron directed avatar he actually directed this movie and he wasn't really interested in the idea and he had other interests in other movies but a huge reason why is why there was never a second one was because of 9-11 because oh yeah, okay. that makes sense i thought you were yeah. gonna say avatar that was actually <laughs> that was a lot sadder than i expected uh, yeah. jamie lee curtis who who's the uh, arnold schwarzenegger's wife in the movie she said in an interview i don't think we could ever do another true lies after 9-11 so that kind of confirms right there yeah. that there'll never be another one especially since it came out like 20 plus years ago but yeah, I know that 9-11 caused a lot of films to either be delayed or scrapped entirely. Yeah. So that, that makes sense because as soon as you said Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, this should definitely have a sequel. How did it not? Yeah, yeah um, but it involves, but I, I get that involves now. terrorists from that area of the yeah. planet. So uh-huh. I can see why there was yeah. a second one. Yeah. Um. So Kenny and I had a discussion before you came on and i said there are four categories that i think make the most sense for sequels kids movies comedies sci-fi so your your superhero movies would fall under that and horror films but i totally miss action movies like i kind of feel silly that that didn't come to mind for me yeah i have a couple uh, uh yeah honorable mentions that we'll talk about afterwards that fit that those categories as well yeah so i'll wrap it up with my number one and it's a a film that's somewhat part of the inspiration for this topic, and that is A Bug's Life. And look, I know that maybe Pixar's 
history with sequels isn't amazing, but this is the one that they ignored. All of the initial movies, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., uh, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, they all got sequels. Some of them got multiple sequels, yet A Bug's Life was ignored. And I love A Bug's Life. I had so much fun watching this movie a few months ago that I put it as my number one Pixar film. And I think that a lot of people just ignore it and they just forget about it because Pixar decided to ignore it. They didn't decide to expand upon it and come up with more sequels for it like they did with so many other films. I don't know if A Bug's Life 2 would be all that good. I don't know what the plot would be. One thing, you wouldn't have to worry about uh, bringing back Kevin Spacey because he already killed off his character in the first one. But at the same time, he's the prime point of conflict. So what else do you do from here? I don't know. But they came up with ways to make sequels for other films. I'm sure Pixar could put something out there and hopefully find a way to bring back some love for A Bug's Life because I do think it's a really great film that just doesn't get the same kind of attention as other Pixar classics. I do agree with you, Corey. I'm sure Pixar could put something out there. <laughs> they, uh, they, they've certainly done that. Kenny, a lot. if you had to pick one Pixar movie that deserves a sequel, but and you can't say none of them, <laughs> like if you had to pick one, uh, I would like to see more from um, Brave, which was uh, I think is 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 overlooked and 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 not really appreciated much. Uh, and I don't even know what they would do, but just. Just try again. Try again. Maybe people will like it more this time. I like the first one. Do something with the only Brave. reason why I ask is because Corey and I both picked up Pixar movie, and maybe both of us did it out <laughs> right. of spite, but we also enjoyed the, those movies. I I thought about putting Brave on here. I did, but uh, it just it didn't for me. Didn't have you know uh, something that really made it beg for a sequel. It didn't have a hook for okay. Well, this is what they would do in the next one. At least for me. Um, but I, I did think about it, and that was the only Pixar movie I considered because Pixar is not good at sequels. So I wasn't going to put A Bug's Life number one, but the more I kept thinking about it, I thought it made the most sense to be at the top of my list just because of all the Pixar sequel talk we've had. Uh, but to me, it's more just the, all these other movies have sequels. Give A Bug's Life one. I don't care if it's good or not. Just It's crazy. Something. I didn't realize that the other what like five first Pixar mm-hmm. movies the first Pixar movie to not have a sequel is uh Ratatouille yep uh, and it was 2007 it, 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 it kind it almost kind of does Got a little uh easter egg for for a new movie that I also almost put on my list was uh everything everywhere all at once uh it's a, a new movie came out like last month I think is it Pixar um no it's a standalone original movie not a okay. not an adaptation remake sequel uh, it's just a multiverse movie that uh, mm. was very good. And there's a, it gets really weird. It gets really, really weird, but it was very good. Uh, I almost put it on the list just because I liked it so much. But again, it, I don't think it necessarily needs a sequel. And also it's so new. Like I think that, mm-hmm. I think more people should see it and we should sit with it before we jump into trying to make a sequel. That makes sense. Go see everything everywhere all at once. Very good. So some honorable mentions that I had, uh, 23 Jump Street. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought, I thought about, about it. that one. But I, I like, thought you. I was surprised you didn't. Put I was it thinking on there. about I it, but I didn't. It's just like, all right, they did high school and they did college. Like, what the heck would they do after the college? Well, home? and they teased. They did like, tease they like did, a medical school. The whole, like, but to me, that was them being like, look, right. it's right. ridiculous. Yeah. Me to twenty-two. Yeah, we're not right. doing this anymore. That was that was the that's kind of why I figured. So that's why I didn't put on the list. And then another one, Corey. You talked about one category being horror. Uh, I've I've yeah. had a quiet place uh, multiple times in my top five, and there will be a third one in the year twenty twenty five. So, 
Uh, Shame the second one wasn't good gotcha. though, huh? You didn't you didn't care about the second one? <laughs> the second one was okay. It wasn't no, the first, first one was I definitely thought. better, but I, I I enjoyed the second one. And then oh, Corey, you might like this one, <laughs> Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, so I I was going to put Mean Girls number one, about... but they actually made a Mean Girls two. It just oh, it was really? like a direct to yeah, it was like a direct to video something. So I was like. It didn't feel right putting it on there, but I absolutely think I that they should have that. a Mean Girls, right? <laughs> I don't know what to extent. I actually like looked it up just to make sure, and it was like, sure enough, Mean Girls 2, 2011, it exists. I, it looks somewhat I similar. That, I don't know to what extent the cast is the same. Otherwise, it was it was legitimately going to the number one on my yeah, list. I, I thought like, it How do you not make idea. a Mean Girls sequel? It could be called like yeah, Mean Women. I've never even seen Mean Girls. <laughs> Just have like a well. I think the more realistic point at this would be like uh like one of the characters' daughters, like Katie's daughter. I, mean, I think Lindsay Lohan's somewhat like in a position where she can be in movies again. So yeah, I think she's doing better, right? Yeah, I think so. Better than uh, I just heard we've been pronouncing her name wrong all these years. I think it's Lohan, really. But oh wait, I heard that about Taylor Lotner. I didn't hear it. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I heard it. I didn't look at it. I just assumed that's the only other way that we could pronounce it. But she's also thirty-five in real life, and Katie was what like seventeen, eighteen in two thousand four. So maybe another get movie a that's probably longer. passed. Huh. Well, no, I think it's one of those where, like, if you have it be the the daughter, you got to wait another like decade for it to make sense. But, uh, but yeah, no, I do like the idea of a legit Mean Girls sequel and not whatever Mean Girls Two was because <laughs> the fact that you didn't even know what it was, I didn't know what it was. Like that tells me that it's not a legit sequel, but it technically exists. So I didn't. Yeah, feel just right the fact that neither of us five. knew is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I also almost put Shrek Five on my list, but <laughs> did you really? I thought about it. I was you're like, a big fan of Shrek Four, Kenny. I never saw Shrek, Shrek Four. I didn't Shrek like Four Shrek is, you know, Shrek Four is not Shrek One or Two, but it's yeah. way better than Shrek the Third. I like, I like uh, the so the first one's easily the best. The second one I didn't like as much as Corey, but I actually did kind of like it. But yeah, love it's Shrek just, Two. It's just downhill. Shrek Two's really that. good. Yeah, Shrek the Third was not great, and Shrek Forever After was was a, was a step in the right direction. But I don't know what they're doing with the series. I've heard they might reboot it. Shrek Forever After that. implies that it's over, right? Well, right, but don't if you're going to be done, don't reboot it. I've heard they're going to reboot it, and it's going to look like the stupid Minions animation. And I don't uh, want that. Just no, make Shrek sounds, Five, guys. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Maybe next, or just let it. Maybe go. the next top five we can do top five uh, movies that didn't need a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> just and then, yeah, and then Kenny's list would be just Toy Disney. Story. This Toy I, Story. Can that. I pick just five? I don't Cars know. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do all three of our top fives. I need 15 spots for this. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So that will wrap up this episode. Uh, definitely a fun topic. And I, I enjoyed that top five. Glad we were able to have you on Kenny to do that because we've been talking about it for a while and it, it felt like we needed to kind of just get it over with. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and of course, I had a great time. Yep, C Team show every week. Um, yeah, new new episode, new topic every week. <laughs> Can be anything. Always an entertaining one. A uh, lot of fun. So Brian and I are probably not going to do an episode next week. You mean we'll we're not going to do one for the draft? We'll do one the week after after the, the draft. draft recap. I mean, do you want it? All right, fine. Tell me right now who who is the Patriots? What do you who do you want the Patriots take? Uh, Nicobe Dean. Out of Georgia. Yeah, that's a good one. Fast yeah, linebacker. Like... They need speed. They don't need size. They need speed at the yeah. position. Do you have Let's any just thoughts? record it right now. Let's do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you have thoughts on the Patriots? 
Uh, me? No, I, I was looking into it a little bit, but I forget all the names I saw, but I will be at Gillette stadium during the draft, what? uh, at the Patriots draft wow. party. So you're going to be in the war fun. room. Yeah. I'll let you know who they're picking, <laughs> yeah. uh, as it happens. Yeah. You Not and, before. uh, Bill Belichick's dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I yeah. love dogs. The, the Steelers can go so many different directions. I don't even know what I want at this point. I don't want them to trade up for a quarterback. If Malik Willis falls to 20, then I would like him. I don't want them to take like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell. I don't believe in either so of those I, guys. So either Willis I mean, or Pickett? Or, or just Will? Yeah, and even Pickett, like, outside of the whole, like, Pitt, Dan Marino thing, like, I don't think that there's a reason to take him. Like, th- that's the only thing. Is like, I don't want to make that mistake again. But I think Kenny Pickett's going earlier anyway. I just hate how everyone's... All, all these draft people are saying, oh, his hands are too small. Like, just... Like that that's yeah, what I mean, that's what's going to determine yeah. uh, if he's going to be a great or not is if his his hand is an eighth of an inch too small or whatever it is like get anchor arms if his if his hand is too small then he wouldn't be able to throw a football in Pittsburgh he wouldn't be able to play there <laughs> <laughs> if someone made uh, someone said as a joke that I forgot who it was, but uh, someone someone said as a joke that yeah, Kenny Pickett's hands are too small to play in a city like Pittsburgh when he played there for yeah, four I years. Know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely a joke, and yeah. some people take it seriously. Yeah, that's no, what I, great I think. Uh, oh, I know. If uh, if I just look at needs, I think like safety is a big thing, but I don't know if there's a guy to take it twenty. Um, Terrell Edmonds still out there. They need to sign him. Offensive line, I think, was v- mostly addressed in free agency, and it's it's a deep enough class that Steelers don't have to go first round. I'd love a wide receiver. I mean, after Juju and James Washington and uh, what's his name, the Ray Ray McLeod all left in free agency. There's a little bit of a hole there, and there there's some guys that could be worth it. And number twenty, defensive line, Jordan Davis. I like the idea of him. Another Georgia defensive stud. So. I don't know. I'd rather just talk about it when it happens and try to give like a preview next week. Well, before we go, uh, Kenny, who are, who would you want the Jags to take at one or what do you want them to do? That's actually a good question. (sighs) Trevor Lawrence have a little brother. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Last year was the only time I like followed the draft uh, before the draft. Uh, I don't keep up with it. Well, like I say, I looked at it a few days ago and I, I forget all the names I saw. Oh, Um, I'm, so I don't know. I, I mean, Aiden I don't Hutchinson. I don't really have a a huge opinion on I, really many Trevon guys. Trevon Walker. Like, I don't know. Like I I I know Kayvon Thibodeau. I wanted Charles. Cross, I wanted the E.K. Okmanu. Did you say Trayvon? I Walker? wanted. I did yeah, say Trayvon Aiden Walker. It's either defensive lineman or an offensive. I would lineman, trade the unless pick. Unless they want to get honestly, crazy. the Jags need help everywhere, and I don't think taking a defensive lineman at number one is really going to help much. I think they if you trade the pick and you get yeah, several assets in return that could, first overall. I think that's the, by far the best option. Especially the Giants if it's the, the number Jets one did. pick, like when you want a quarterback, like they did last year, like that made sense of course picking him. No one wants to take Malik Willis as the first overall pick though. I know but but, uh, but I eight, I'm saying from a Jags perspective that I think they should trade it f- f- and for whoever wants it, I guess I just I just think the Jags they need help at more. Spots I think whoever one. they're trading it to is is it, it's the same thing. It's just for a like a non traditional. I think it, it. I will say though, it does hurt pick. that there's no quarterback in this draft. That's like that guy's yeah. the next because someone else would. Someone would trade up. I mean, we saw the, the Rams do that with Jared Goff, and you know somebody would would move up to number one to get a quarterback. So 
Corey, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is the one that I had been looking at for the Jags before. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't remember the name, but uh, yeah, I think he's he's I, mocked I I, more than most at this point. I just, I just, I just, I just want the Jags to be good, and I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. So who cares mm-hmm. what they do in the draft? Just wait for next year's number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep getting the number one pick every year. Uh, anyway, after the draft, we'll we'll recap, give our thoughts, biggest winners, losers. That was our draft our analysis teams. right there, so we don't need to record another yes, episode. Exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll we also have Stanley Cup playoffs getting ready to start. We'll kind of talk a little bit about that. Penguins hopes are all but dead with Tris and Jari injured right now. Uh, the so Bruins I'm are not happy. Not looking great entering the playoffs yeah. either. So we'll probably be focusing on NBA a lot more this uh, postseason. Yeah. So. But anyway, that'll do it. So thank you again to our co-host, Kenny Cashman. For my regular co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone.